right, we are recording. So you want to be careful with plosives a little bit. So if you have like an S or a P, okay. try to like, boo. Okay, so you know just like enunciate perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Just don't be too self-conscious of the way you're speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's annoying too. All right, one second. Yeah, sure. Everything's set up. I see. Nah, this is an awesome setup that you got. Thank you, sir. All right, welcome, guys, to the first podcast ever. I'm here with Freddie Darowich. Yep, that's me. How's everybody doing? All right. All right, so, Freddie, what do you do? So, right now, I'm a student. I go to Queens College. Uh, I'm in the SEYS program, which is Secondary Youth Services, I believe. And uh, (laughs) just going to be a high school history teacher. Uh, Would like to teach American history, but open to global government. Uh, But right now, I also work as the co-campaign manager for a... Uh, city council race uh, nice. it's happening in November. District 29, which is Rigo Park, Forest Hills, Kew Gardens, and Richmond Hill. Wow. Yep, so. so I should give a little context. Um, I met Freddie in AP government with our teacher, Mrs. Uh, Selechia. So when you were there, I kind of thought you used like an adjunct. Mm-hmm. So that's what you were doing? You were getting like credits uh, yeah, by so sitting in a class? What you have to do to become a teacher is you have to observe mm-hmm. in your classes. And I mean, I've spoke to people. It literally does not help at all. Because Doesn't? no, because because when every listen, everybody's different. Every teacher's different. Every everybody yeah. has a different teaching style. The only way you really learn how to teach is when you get in front of the kids and and you teach. So mm-hmm. observing, I mean, because every situation is different. So uh, yeah, you have to do in your s- first year you have to do fifty hours mm-hmm. of observation. Then in your second year you have to do a hundred, and then you do student teaching, which that helps. But gotcha. Yeah. So what did you pick up from student teaching? So I didn't actually didn't I just I do student teaching uh, okay. next semester, but I've taught a couple of lessons. And what I taught, well, I mean, what I taught was I taught history, I taught government mm-hmm. and economics. And uh, the biggest things that I picked up in on is um, there's going to be silence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I was always nervous of silence. But after talking to Mr. Gross, Mr. G, they said silence is OK because you have to let let the students think you have to let yeah. the students you know understand what you're saying and give them a chance to answer mm-hmm. whenever there was five seconds of silence i would immediately say something else because i'm thinking like oh my god like i'm doing a terrible like job. you have to compensate exactly gotcha. yeah like gotcha. but you sometimes you need to cold call on students and like mm-hmm. they're gonna be like uh yeah and you know you have to pressure them into just giving out an answer exactly that's yeah. one thing i learned it's a good idea yeah the the part with i realized on on zoom now mm-hmm. silence is also a very different concept yeah so like when you have silence on zoom it's not that they're thinking. For the most part, it's like cognitive skills. Yeah, being, I mean, also worked. like with Zoom too, it could be like they're on their phone. Yeah, and is yeah. the computer reconnecting? Like exactly, that's true. You know, there's so many like mm-hmm. technical issues that students can get away with now. Yeah, and it's also you need some time. Like there's a podcast that I listen to. His name is Jocko Willink. Okay, he's a um a former Navy SEAL commander. Mm-hmm. He has all these anecdotes, just crazy stories, um leadership skills, stuff like that. And when he speaks, like he has these really long pauses yeah and like i feel like that's a great aspect to speech because you do need a pause no definitely of course and plus i think like like who are the best speakers like preachers you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and they they have like long dramatic pauses yeah i mean and it's for the dramatic effect but it's also you know you think about it you're rambling you're rambling you're rambling Mm -hmm. and then you pause it kind of gives people a like suspense yeah and a brief 20 seconds to say like oh okay he just said that she just said that yeah ding 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 ding. okay like i could put two and two together now Mm -hmm. so pauses i mean it's needed yeah it's true yeah so um one thing i'm really interested in is like day to day Mm -hmm. when you're doing uh, your council work no not council it is council city council yeah city City council Council, okay and you said you're co-manager yes i'm co-campaign manager my good friend ryan is the other campaign manager uh he does more of the data stuff uh you know he's a numbers guy like he's a genius that's great it's good to have one of those yes he's like the the numbers guy and Mm -hmm. like i say 
besides the candidate, obviously, I kiss the babies and he enables the kid. He enables me to kiss the babies. Got you, he got tells you. me what babies to kiss, what babies <laughs> are going to vote for us, so I have to kiss them. Got you. Wait, is it good to kiss other babies from other parties? <laughs> like- yes. I mean, well, that's a big thing, too, is uh, you have to, you know, branch out, reach over the aisle mm-hmm. and work with, who, yeah. you know, the opposite party, the people that don't necessarily uh, have your uh, thoughts and have your state of mind. But listen, you got to work with everybody. Yeah. So what areas, like what geographic are you working with? Okay, so in the district, it's um, Forest Hills, Kew Gardens, Richmond Hill, and Rideau Park. And mm-hmm. in that area, besides Richmond Hill, let's like leave Richmond Hill out of it. Those three areas, Rigo Park, um, Kew Gardens, and Forest Hills, it's predominantly uh, Jewish, Buharian Jewish, uh, Orthodox Jewish. Got it. Me- uh, a lot of types of Jewish and um, <clears throat> a lot of Democrats. Got it. But this is the thing is that they're conservative Democrats. You know, uh, Reagan Democrats. They're not these Democrats like socialist, left-leaning, liberal Democrats. And it's not really often that we hear more of these conservative Democrats, right? Yes. It's, it's not really now. It's not popular either, right? Unfortunately, it's not. You yeah. know, everybody wants to be like AOC in the squad, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But these Democrats that are in the district, they're conservative Democrats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we respect them and they, they respect us. And that's what we're going to try to trigger. You know, the last election that uh, the current councilwoman, her name is Karen Cockrell. The mm-hmm. last election, there was only 16,000 votes. All you need is 8,001 to win. Yeah. That's it. Isn't it crazy how, like, grassroots, speaking of, like, in terms of just starting from the bottom, working mm-hmm. your way up, all we hear is celebrities talking about voting in local, no, in the presidential election. Yeah. But they never talk about local. Well, That's where change starts, right? Of, of course. that mm-hmm. It's all grassroots because, listen, there's there was one issue, for example, with, with the campaign. There was a pothole on um, 100... In the district, was, gotcha. I don't exactly remember, mm-hmm. but you know, you call the city councilwoman. What happens? Absolutely nothing. You call your local leaders. What happens? Absolutely nothing. This pothole was two feet deep. It was a sinkhole. Wow, how wide? It was. It was. I'd say probably about half this table. Wow. So imagine we were watching cars just boom, boom. Damn. Boom. If somebody yeah. would have walked, you could break your leg. Mm-hmm. What happened now? You know nothing. Yeah. So what did we have to do? We, you know, my candidate Mike Nigliero, he. Got on the phone with people. Got it. Ho- got it fixed. It wasn't mm-hmm. fixed the right way. Got on the phone with the commissioner of the DEP. Told them how to fix it the right way. He did it, and then now it's fixed. That's what you need. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's all grassroots stuff. Listen, yeah. you can raise as much money as you want. You can talk about everything that you want to do, but it's all about action mm-hmm. and meeting the people, knocking yeah. on doors, letting the people know who you are, and tell them like, listen, I live here, you live here, mm-hmm. we could do this together. That Republican, Democrat, Independent, no matter what. Listen, everybody wants a safe city. Everybody wants yep. quality of life. Nobody wants to walk down the street and see tons of graffiti on their wall. Yep. These are th- common issues that we can, you know, agree on. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole thing. Is grassroots is key. Yeah, it's a good point because, like, a lot of people, they need someone to look to for help. And mm-hmm. obviously, you don't want to just have one person in power because that's what we see right now in politics. It's so polarized, right? Yep. It's almost like a dictatorship. They're yeah. fighting for the top piece, but the president is supposed to do what the constituents want. Of course. It's not his role. So I see Donald Trump, and yes, um, you may have your opinions and all that stuff. But what um what I'm realizing about the presidency, it's more of um a seat now, yeah, and has more power because of the bully pulpit, right? Yep, and their influence on the media and stuff like that. But it's really not serving its purpose. What I believe is to serve the people, definitely, because they have all these promises, these uh, guarantees, never yep. followed through with. And yep. I feel like locally, it's a lot easier to follow through. Oh, because of course. on a national scale, everyone has all these wants and needs, and because of the bureaucracy, because of democracy, it's not going to be as easy because yep. everyone's voice has to have a little piece. Yeah, but when it's local. You have way more say, and there should be someone like your candidate yep. who should be able to get it done, make some calls, and do the right thing. You know, definitely. Well, I mean, going back to like the president, for example, it's let's think about it. Listen, 
New York has different problems than Wyoming. Wyoming mm-hmm. has different problems than South Dakota. South Dakota has different problems than Miami. So mm-hmm. when you're the president, you have to try to address everybody. Everything. Yeah. You know, even though people are not going to vote for you, you still have to address them as well. Mm-hmm. In a local election, I mean, you have a four neighborhood, five neighborhood district that, um, you know, th- those are the problems you have to deal with. And most of the time they're in common. And I don't want to forget about Richmond Hill. Richmond Hill is a very culturally dense neighborhood that mm-hmm. is just a melting pot. So that's why I didn't mention him right away, which is fantastic. But no, you know, when you're a council, state assembly, state uh, senator, all these local elections, you are in more in touch with the people because yeah. you can go door to door. I mean, listen, it may take you a couple months to meet everybody, mm-hmm. but at least you could do it. It's not like you can go to California, New York, California, New York, back and forth. So how does cold calling work during coronavirus? Or like right now, you can't, do you still knock on doors, like literally, or do you mean that as okay. like a? Okay. Well, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't start knocking on doors yet. Uh, it's still early. It's uh, the next count. The next council race is November fourth. So, mm-hmm. you know, in politics, mm-hmm. I've worked on Nicole Malliotakis's mayoral campaign mm-hmm. when she went against De Blasio. By the way, congratulations to her. She just won a uh, a Senate. Uh, Kudos. No, a uh, House of Representatives reads uh, nice. a seat in um, Staten Island, but uh, what you would do is in coronavirus, we have to figure that out. But uh, normally, knock on doors, hand out campaign literature. You know, I remember. Uh, back in 2017 when she was running, you would literally stand on street corners just handing out palm cards. You know, and they say, Nicole Malitakis, back on, they say her issues, you know, gotcha. what she has, mm-hmm. all that. You could do that. We had phone banks. Hello, you know, would you like to support the Republican Party? Would you, please, can you support, you know, our candidate, blah, blah, do blah. Do they blah. work out most times? Because I know, no. <laughs> myself, yeah, like if someone calls no. me asking about a campaign, I'm yeah. probably going to hang up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was, when I first started, I was a uh, cold caller at the Queens uh, County GOP. And I said, um, Hello, uh, I'm calling from the Queens County GOP. My name is Fred, and we would like to see if you would like to get active in the Republican Party. The guy answered, party? I would love to go to a party. <laughs> what do you want to party? What do you want to drink? And I'm like, no, sir, Like, it's the Republican Party, politics. He's like, oh, Donald Trump. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay, goodbye. You know, half the time, people yeah. don't answer. You know, they, they just hang up on you. But you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Social media is a big thing now. Yeah, so how do you guys reach out on those platforms? Do you have, like, ads and stuff, or do you just... Yeah, so eventually we will. Right now, since we're a little far away out, we're, we're going to have ads. Listen, we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. We have a website. We have um, a Twitter. All these things are, are getting put together as we speak. We're making business cards and all that. So that's the biggest thing between... Oh, and YouTube as well. Live streaming. You know, when we... when. We have a good work ethic, the whole team. That's great. You know, so when other people are asleep, we're out. You know, we were at this pothole at three o'clock in the morning, nice. trying to get it fixed. We had a ruler in there. Uh, you know, there's a Walgreens that um, people just walk in and they just take everything. They literally come in with a gym they bag. Steal? They steal everything. And what can you do? The cops' hands are tied. Yeah. Because they re- they catch them, they arrest them, they release, they have to release them in an hour because of the bail reform laws. So wait, can you explain that a little further? Yeah. So the bail reform is basically like if you're not. If you don't commit a crime with like a violent weapon, you're gonna get released with no bail. Okay. And you know, that's not good at all. So what if they have proof of the person stealing? Don't matter. They can, but if they want to press charges, that's different, right? No, no. So the bail is like, if you get arrested, you're still gonna have to go to court. Someday, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But you're just not gonna have to wait in jail. You'll Got just it. be released. Mm-hmm. You know. So the cops and this disrespect that the cops have been getting is ridiculous. I mean, you mm-hmm. seen the lady spitting the face of the cop yeah. the other day. Uh, you know, they feel like, listen. Between bail reform, between, God forbid, me hurting somebody, me losing my job, my pension, my health care for my mm-hmm. family, you know, I'm not even going to touch anybody. I'm not going to get yeah. involved in this. And listen, I don't blame them. 
you know, the, the power has been taken away. You've seen a couple of years ago, the cops have turned their back on a mayor when Yes, I remember that. Because it was Avenue. a shooting of a police officer, yep. and they felt like there was no backing yeah. from their top they guy. they turned their back on him. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, <clears throat> you see there's been how many police commissioners already? Bill Bratton. Yep. This guy, Shea. Yep. Uh, there's, I believe there's been two more. You mm-hmm. know, listen, it's, it's, it's because they're all puppets right now. It used to be a term that was almost a decade long, right? Mm-hmm. Weren't they last? Yeah, Ray Kelly, yeah. Exactly. And then it became one year, two years. It's yep. turning into like the New York Giants. We're exactly. just chaining management. <laughs> I feel like yeah. if you want successful management, you have to keep some kind of um, pace, yeah. right? Well, without yeah. a doubt, I mean, think about it. Like, let's say if you're a chef in a new mm-hmm. restaurant. You're obviously going to have to get to know that restaurant. Yeah. You're going to have to get to know the people, how they like the, co- the food cooked. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get to know the menu. You can't, you know, go into a job for six months, and if you're not doing a good job, well, you know, listen, yeah. you got to get to know it. You know, you yeah. got to, how, how do I want to run my police department? And especially if you have the mayor micromanaging things, yeah. it doesn't help at all. Yeah, there's a lot of conflicting um, arguments and stuff like that. But one thing that you did mention that I agree with is, uh, What's it called? So you need more power. You can't just, not more power, more time yeah. to be effective. Yeah. So the thing about having a new regime coming in and trying to do something in four years in a presidency, mm-hmm. um, which people talked about, is not enough time. Yeah. But at the same time, it's limiting enough to see what you're going to get. Like, yeah. You know how you have like the lame duck period mm-hmm. when they basically do nothing? Yeah. And in the beginning when they're trying to get everything done, what's that period called when they're just signing? Uh, I'm, the, the first hundred days, the first hundred uh, honeymoon days, yeah. period. Honeymoon, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And that is that just History like, lesson. <laughs> is that to like people please at that point? Uh, well, that's like, well, you didn't really see it, um, with, with Donald Trump, but, um, because he's so, he's such a polarizing figure, but normally, you know, back in the day, it's kind of like, okay, he, whoever won the presidency, Mm -hmm. respect the office, obviously he's going to put his bills forth. So let's put them into play and see how he does. Mm -hmm. But now that things are so, you know, Democrats are so left, Republicans are so right, you know, they don't, they don't want that anymore. Got it. Yeah. You won't see that. I just think you need more time to really implement a policy. Of course. The thing is, what we have is, like, every term or two terms, because they mm-hmm. might go back to back, is, like, yeah. Democrat, and then the nation decides to flip. We're going yeah. Republican. Yeah. Republican, Democrat, back and forth. And what you do is you just you set up these policies, and the next guy repeals it and sets up his own. Yeah. Then he repeals the other one, and it just goes it, back and it forth. It does no help. And that's why they say the best way to judge a president is not during their term. It's the four years after their term. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, if your policies are good... They're going to last. They're going to last, no matter if Democrat or Republican. Let's say I come into office, Fred's the president of the United States. I do this, 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 this. And then somebody of the opposing party comes in and say, you know what? I actually can't change those policies because they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what, that's what it is. I mean, if you're, if you may, if you have good ideas, good policies, good agendas, they'll last. Mm -hmm. But no, you're hundred percent right. You have Trump then you had Obama for two years. Then you had Bush then you had Clinton. Mm -hmm. So yeah, boom, 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 boom. The thing is you need more bipartisan compromise, you know? Because all we see now is legislation just one way, yep. and they're, they're shooting for this agenda. Or, like, yep. they make these, um, what's the word, when they paint a picture yeah. of, like, the entire side, and they're just, their goal is to try to get this group of people to yeah. vote the way they want well, to. There's no unity, and yeah. that's the biggest problem. I mean, you have uh, Republicans that hate the Democrats and the Democrats that mm-hmm. hate the Republicans. It, it shouldn't be that way. Listen, yeah. we all live in this country. We all want what's best. Listen, we may have different opinions on how to govern, on, you know, what... Uh, policies to put in place, but at the end of the day, we're all Americans. That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah. And we should all have one goal, and that's the best for the, the better for the nation. Like, no matter who yeah. wins this election, I know it's crazy. Joe Biden was announced yesterday. It's going to go to the court. Yeah, by the way, um, Al Gore, wasn't he the the president? Yep. Yesterday, for 36 days, right? Yesterday, it was um, 20 years since, I believe. 
Yeah. I think it was yesterday. When they flipped the decision, right? And that was against um, Bush. Bush. Yep. Yep. In Florida. In Florida. Yeah. Yes, the Supreme Court case, right? Yep, the Supreme Court. It was a 5-4 decision. Yeah. And, I mean, look, if it goes to – if this election goes to the Supreme Court, it's going to be a, you know, either a 6-4 or a 5-4 because mm-hmm. you never know how Roberts is going to go. Yeah. But, um, you know, whoever wins, you just want the best for the country. You know, and That's you true. want a peaceful transition. You know, this – no matter what side, the rioting, the looting, you know, no matter what side you're on, it's just not good. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't make us look good. Yeah, give me a sec. I'm just going to close this door. Yeah, sure. No problem. The dog barking. <laughs> this is your bomb on. <laughs> All right, so where were we? Oh, just basically saying that no matter what happens, you want the best for the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, look. We may disagree on policies, but we definitely want the best for the country. Yeah, but how do you create a policy when there's so much diversion? No, not diversion. Like, well, yeah, yeah everyone's well, apart from each other. That's the thing is that so like, okay, let's say if let's say if um, the court cases don't go well for, mm-hmm. for Donald Trump, Joe Biden will obviously be president. You know, congratulate him, obviously. But uh, you have the Republicans who are con- who are projected to control the Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they picked up some seats in the House, but not enough for majorities. So you have a Democratic president, Republican Senate. And then a Democratic House. Gotcha. That means nothing's going to be done. Because in order to pass a bill, you need uh, both houses of approval. Mm-hmm. Republicans are going to try to block everything. And I mean, listen, I don't blame them, but it's not good. It's political gridlock. You need to be able to work together. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at uh, JFK, even LBJ, uh, if you look at FDR, they w- these things were done unilaterally. They were done with bipartisan representation. I mean, mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan worked with the Democrats. Bill Clinton worked with the Republicans. Yeah. You know. Richard Nixon worked with the Democrats, and then somewhere along the lines, it just fell apart. And now everybody dislikes everybody. Where it's politics; it's not personal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me and you. It's could, becoming too personal. Exactly. Yeah. I believe it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who you know, yeah, rest, rest her soul. Yeah. She was uh, on the left side, uh, and Judge Scalia, uh, Supreme Court Justice Scalia, Scalia, who God rest his soul as well, on pure constitutionalist on the right side of politics, they're best friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, they were best friends. They talked every single night. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. You have your po- you have your political discussions, you, you agree to disagree, and that's it. You mm-hmm. can still be friendly outside yeah. of politics, but it's going away now. It's, like, impossible. Yeah, that's a good point. I just think that moving forward, it, there would be an easier mm-hmm. way yeah. to um to close the gap. But yeah. I feel like this trend began with social media. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, definitely, of course. Because, yeah. listen, think about it. 30 years ago, if something happened... You didn't have your phone to record. Exactly. You know what I mean? Nobody knew instantly. Now there's so many sources. You don't know who to believe. Honestly, That's it. I don't watch the news because yeah. I right now I go on social media. All I see is everyone posting about politics, their yep. opinions. Yep. And, and and of course, you know, during the election, everybody turns into, you know, uh, the, the Albert Einstein. You yeah. Know, everybody's yeah, the smartest yeah. person. You know, everybody's car. Everyone knows about here. everything, right? And there's like 13-year-olds. Half of them never paid attention. Mm-hmm. They got a 40 in social yeah. studies, right? Yeah, of course. That's yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. They weren't in my class. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um... It's like the same thing with like if there's ever a big court case, you know, or like a landmark thing. Like remember Casey Anthony? You might have been yeah, yeah, Casey yeah. Anthony. Yeah, you know, course. everybody's a lawyer now. You yeah, know? everybody knows the uh, you know a lawyer or a scientist with the blood and the enzymes <laughs> that match. It's like come on, like yeah. But it's the educated public, you know. No, definitely. With you don't know who to believe anymore because yeah. you have some news stations that you know are, are pushing one bias. You have another news. Oh, that's absolutely, and it's obvious. Bias. It's yeah, obvious, it, and they come to conclusions about um. Who's winning what state mm-hmm. almost immediately? Yeah. Like, we've already confirmed California. Like, I think yeah. as soon as the polling closed, yeah. confirmed Democrat. Yeah. And they weren't even done yeah. counting the ballots. Well, that's the same thing with New York, too. Yeah. But, uh, well, New York, I looked at the projection and I realized it's just the city that's blue. Oh, yeah. That's New York it. State is red. That's it. Listen, you have Queens, 
And there's pockets of Queens that are red. There's yeah. pockets of Queens that are Staten Island is Middle- red, right? Yeah, Staten Island is Cove Stone red. Gotcha. Look, we're in we're in a pocket right now. Middle Village is red. Really? Oh yeah. Middle wow. Village, Miller Village. If you look, uh, at no, that makes sense. That does make sense. Middle Village, uh, some parts of Glendale, Bayside, Whitestone, uh, some of Queens Village, mostly red, mm-hmm. m- mostly red. Uh, but it's Queens as a whole blue, the Bronx blue, the Manhattan blue, um, and then you have like Yonkers, like you know, a little bit of Westchester. They're all blue, but then if you go up. All red, yeah. Nassau, Suffolk, all red. The burbs, everything. Red. Oh yeah, 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 all red, all red. Mm-hmm. That's but that's the problem is these city centers have so much power, because yes, they have a lot of people in them. I agree. Yeah, density, yeah. If you look at New York State as a whole, it's huge, and then you see right in the middle, right in between Long Island and right in between Upstate, it's this pocket of blue, and mm-hmm. that's what decides the election. It's the same thing in California with yeah. Los Angeles. So going back to the electoral college, and a lot of people have problems with this because yep. if now, because the electoral college was created. During slavery times, right? Yep. Slavery. Yep. And um, do you remember the roots? Also, it was for fair representation because yep. part of your First Amendment right is to have uh, freedom of speech, but also has to be equal to someone else's. Yep. So if doubt. you're in a state that's not as populated as another one, yep. they want to give you a fair amount of say Definitely. as they are. Definitely. Part of it is because, um, you know, the majority in democracy, democracy on paper is probably sound, you know? Yeah, of course. Everyone has a voice and everyone gets what they want. Obviously... On in real life terms, that's not realistic. No, of course, because not. everyone has their wants and needs, and like you were saying, on a, um, a national scale, it's so yeah. much harder to of apply course. rules that that work for Florida but might conflict with Oregon, yeah, or something like that. Definitely, it's a lot different. Even though those two are kind of like on their own in their own little world, yeah. Florida and Oregon right now are <laughs> definitely crazy. Yeah, but um, the thing about the majority winning is that democracy, the majority will dominate, mm-hmm. dominate, and yeah. most times they will go on a streak of dominating unless some some way they they f up, you know. Yeah. And then it might switch, and naturally it does happen because you have, like, the turning and, like, the changing of yeah. parties and stuff like that. But you do have to empower the minority. The thing is, we now have a, an America with a minority majority. Mm-hmm. So now it's changing. And yeah. now, now that people are able to um, uplift their voice, and it's a lot easier to communicate, yeah. do you think we still need the Electoral College? Uh, I think you need it without a doubt. Because yeah. if you think about it, look, like you said, everybody, ha- everybody should have equal, you know, everybody should have a say. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, obviously you have to give California... Texas, Florida, New York, these hu- these states with huge populations, you have to give them more, more points. Because, Respectfully, yeah. Yeah, because they have more people in them. But mm-hmm. if you would abolish the Electoral College, then New York, uh, New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, they would decide the election every single time. Yeah. That's the whole thing. So you can't necessarily abolish the Electoral College because, you know, what about the Wyoming? What about, you know... The uh, farmers, because yeah, we're talking about Idaho, urban. you know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. What, why, why can't they get a say? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, That's a good they're, point. They're, you know million votes is not going to do anything you know yeah. when there's you know tens of millions of votes just in one uh borough in new york it's, yes it's, the thing it's that some fair. people are concerned with is that they feel like their vote counts less mm-hmm. so if they vote in new york city their chance of swinging their state is a yeah. lot less than someone that lives in um arkansas yeah or nevada yeah and uh what's your opinion on that well i mean listen it makes it makes i i understand what they're saying yeah so my thing is vote local okay if you want to see change vote local yeah and always vote there's people I get like almost offended when people say, "Oh, I'm not gonna vote because I don't like either candidate," which I get, mm-hmm. and my vote doesn't matter. People died for your right to vote. There's soldiers fighting, you know, currently, currently in yeah. other countries right now. And there's people dying yeah. in other countries w- wishing Willing to get to in. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you always should vote no matter what because you know that's what we fought for in the American Revolution. We wanted representation. We wanted the ability to vote. I feel like there's a little bit of like a, a complex there because sometimes it's choosing between. Worse and worser, or mm-hmm. the lesser of two evils. Yeah. But at the same time, 
if someone decides that they don't want to make a choice or silence sometimes is a better option. Yeah, well, maybe not in politics. Yeah, because your vote because you do want change, and if you want change catered to your liking, yeah, then you should obviously um speak. Yeah. you know, you should vocalize. But I think sometimes choosing between like maybe it's like an uh, using an analogy, it's like an argument between your parents. Like yeah. you don't want to choose a side. Yeah, of course. Because there's, sometimes there's never a winner. Yeah, if you just if you're choosing a side, you're definitely uh, legitimizing what's happening. Definitely. So you're making it more official <clears throat> that. Yeah. That we're going to polarize ourselves and we're just going to separate and run the opposite direction. You know? uh, that's, that's a great example. But the difference is, is when you choose a side between your parents, one of them is going to know which side you're choosing. When you're at the ballot box, it's only you. Mm. You know what I mean? It's only you. So let's, you want to vote for Joe Biden. You want to vote for Donald Trump. You don't like either of them. Mm-hmm. Listen, there's a libertarian candidate. There's a fill-in. Yeah. I, I filled in, you know, for judges. I filled in people. Mm-hmm. Just It doesn't matter. You, you just, just go vote. You know, yeah, that's like true. you said, people especially are, local. Yeah, definitely local because if you want to see real change, you vote local. Mm-hmm. Real change, you'll see it in your neighborhood, you'll see it in you know in your district, and that creates politicians street. that one day yeah move up to the state or maybe the national scale. Of, of you know? course, definitely yeah. you have to <clears throat> you have to start somewhere. That's, that's true. the whole thing. And you know who knows? You may say, oh, you know, he's only a city councilman or oh, he's only state assembly. Well, maybe he'll win his next race and he'll become mm-hmm. something bigger. Maybe he'll win his next race. Then he'll run for mayor. Yeah. Then he'll run for governor. Then she'll be, you know, a congressman. Then she'll run for president. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? That's pretty good. Yeah, I think involving your community a lot more definitely has a difference. And I feel like around Middle Village, I've spoken with um, uh, Barnwell. Brian Barnwell? Yeah, Brian Barnwell. Yep. Um, Senator Adabo. Okay. And um, there's a couple more that we've worked with, and they've been really helpful yeah. a lot. And my sister, she helps out with um, – she works around Juniper. I'm, I'm forgetting his name. I'm, I'm blanking. It'll come back to me. But um, Holden? Holden, yeah, yes. yeah, great guy. Uh, I've met him a bunch of times. He's so helpful. I feel, I feel like his name just escaped me right yep. now. But um, he's helped out a lot, especially like with the Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. which I was involved with. Yep. Um, still am, even though I've aged out and stuff yep. like that. So Eagle Scout now. But um, they've helped out a lot. And whether it comes to um, public service projects, especially yep. for Eagle Scout, it's mm-hmm. one of the requirements. You have to help out your community. You have yep. to do a service project, so you could team up with the parks or with someone mm-hmm. local like him. And they they have their string. They have their whole list of connections that they could involve you with and help you out and they're always willing to donate definitely and that's great because it just it recircles you know Mm -hmm. and hopefully i feel like it did to myself it motivates you to want to encourage more people to get involved you know yeah definitely do you see yourself um becoming the same thing as uh your congressman or councilman uh i would listen i would love to Mm -hmm. uh but those three guys you mentioned there i mean those guys perfect examples involved in the community Mm -hmm. care about their constituents yeah they see an issue you call them it's odds are it's going to get fixed Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I know uh, con- uh, Councilman Holden not well, but I've met him a bunch of times. Yeah. The Mike Canigliaro, the person I'm working for, is friends with him. And, uh, you know, I know that these three guys that you just mentioned, Brian Warnwell, Senator mm-hmm. Dabo, and Councilman Holden, they're great guys. They really are. And they care about this community. Yeah. That's the one thing that they can all agree on is that they care about the community. But for me, listen, I would love to. I, I think that... Um, you know, I'm, I'm a moderate. I could understand both sides, mm-hmm. and uh, I could get in touch with both sides. I think people have to work together to make change. Yeah. You know, like I said before, <clears throat> you want st- you want safe streets. You don't want to, God forbid, walk down and get mugged or something mm-hmm. like that. You don't want to see graffiti on the walls. You don't want to see, you know, <clears throat> huge sinkholes taking over, you know, the streets. You yeah. want to see You want to see responsibility. You cannot disagree on those kind of things. If you walk down the street and say, would you want safe streets? Everybody's going to say that. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's clear. Mm-hmm. I think that really combats the idea of like defunding the police or abolishing. Uh, abolishing Jesus. number one. I understand if you want to <laughs> if you want to reappropriate the funds yeah. to a smarter cause, or you definitely want to change the regimen of training schedules yeah. and, and 
making it more official, absolutely. Yeah. But abolishing police, that is anarchy. It's, it's ridiculous. I think that's that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, it's yeah. it's by far the dumbest thing ever. I mean, the defund the police movement, it's like so stupid. It makes absolutely no sense. Listen, <clears throat> in a bunch of apples, there's always going to be not good ones. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's a saying that no good cop likes it. Nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop because it makes yeah. them look bad. Exactly. You know, not all cops are bad. Uh, you know, there's a select few that, you know, unfortunately are not, you know, fit enough to be on the, you mm-hmm. know, wear the shield. But instead of defunding, you know, there's, I'm sure, retraining purposes. There's, yeah. The, you know, videos, there's classes, there's tons of things that can be done. They can be done, no but they don't. That's the issue because there's the a problem. lot of stuff they can allocate to, but they don't. And I know yep. officers that have to pay for their own shooting. Once a year, they have a test yeah. at the range. They have to pay for their practices every other time. If they want to, they have to take out their own time. So, like, um, when they're not at work, mm-hmm. they have to go with their buddies yeah. and go to the shooting range and practice. Yeah. they got to purchase their own their own rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the time in there, they have to schedule themselves. They have to pay for it themselves. Yeah. And NYPD has billions of dollars. Oh, of course. And where is it all being pushed to? I don't know, obviously. I, mean, I don't know either, but... Exactly, yeah. Well, you mentioned a key thing is that <clears throat> it can be done, but it's not. And if you look at, you know, one of my biggest, one of my biggest theories, why is because... We have this thing in the country right now where it's love or hate. Yeah. There's no middle. Mm-hmm. Either you love the, you know, either you're 100% yeah. behind the blue, back the blue, which which I am, yeah. don't get me wrong. Or you, or you support black lives. Or, or you, you know, you support these movements that, that you know, want to defund the police, yeah. you know, hate the police, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's no middle where you can mm-hmm. say like, okay, look, I see what you're saying. I see what they're saying. Yeah. Let's come together. Let's not defund the police. Mm-hmm. You know, let's and let's support. Let's uplift these groups that are also exactly. trying to vocalize. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's support peaceful mm-hmm. protest. But also, if you want something, you know, you have an idea of what the police can do. Yeah. Tell your local officials. Vote local. And maybe we can retrain mm-hmm. the police. Yeah. Tell the police. <clears throat> don't defund them. Don't take power away. Empower them. Mm-hmm. It, give them power in, o- in order to make the good changes that need to be done. Yeah. I feel like in New York City especially... Um, when you give more leeway, or especially just in an urban area in general, um, when it controls itself, I think we did see this like in the 90s and the 70s and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of chaos, oh, but definitely. it was controlled chaos. And I'm talking about like the mob right now. Mm-hmm. See, when, when the cops weren't as powerful, the streets took it upon themselves mm-hmm. to regulate. And you see this in Compton or like in other areas yep. across on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Obviously, now the police are more in power and they're more official. But um, back then, the reason why there was gangs and mobs and stuff like that was to control your community. Of course. And yes, the crime rates were lower. But at the same time, if you effed up, you paid the price. Definitely. And there was no going back. Definitely. Know? I think there was a story in um, California that said uh, it was like a Hell's Angels, like that biker gang. Yeah. There was like a bar, and they all used to hang out there, and nothing went wrong there. Yeah. Because they knew that. If, you know, they controlled the chaos. Yeah. You, yeah. If you, like, let's say if you rob a lady, you rob her purse right there, those guys are going to come out and beat the shit out of you. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's almost like it's not vigilanteism, but it almost is. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, listen. The city has turned on our back. The city has turned on us. You know, the state has not given us any power. We're going to have to take it in our, take it mm-hmm. our own. So I, I definitely understand that. Yeah. You know? And I feel like coming from a kid born in Queens, you as well, mm-hmm. my friend group is the most diverse thing I've ever seen. Oh, without a doubt. If you look at a palette of colors, I mean, I could mark down, I could write a name for each one of my without friends that yep. belongs to that list. So when I hear people polarizing, like you said, the love and hate, it's a great comparison yep. because it's so accurate. Mm-hmm. And all I see is people saying, like, you cannot support Black Lives Matter. And for one... I have black friends. Yeah. So I, I can say the statement, black lives matter, because I believe that a black life matters, of you course. know? And I also believe that not all cops are not bad. Yep. Because I'm related to people that are in the force or um, great friends with people that are retired or still in the force. Yep. And I know genuine people. Yep. And I know great 
black people and I know great cops. And yeah. there's no reason why you should have to be on one side or the other. Yeah. And I don't also agree with people like this. Are people who make the safe opinions, you know, yeah, of course. they make safe statements. I don't care who wins. Yeah. Um, I'm in the middle for everything. Mm. It's really safe. And it's also safe right now to just agree with the media. Yeah. And the media, obviously, right now is very socialist or it's pushing towards a, a democratic Unfortunately. side. Yes. And most people, I feel like it's so safe to have an opinion that agrees with the status quo. Oh, of course. And I don't think there's any bravery or courageous act in that. You know, yeah. it's just playing it easy and, and just not losing your money. You know? Definitely. I mean, look, humans can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah. So when people say like, oh, you can't be... Uh, you can't support Black Lives Matter and you can't support the cops at the same time. You can't support this and support this at the same time. Why not? Mm-hmm. I have a mind. I went to school just like everybody else. Yeah. We all went to high school. We paid attention. Pa- paid attention. Yeah. You know, why can't we do these things? Mm-hmm. Why can't we support both groups? Yeah, of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, without a doubt. Yeah. Of course, I want to support the police too. Of, of course. I mean, listen, you take away the cops, there's going to be anarchy. Mm-hmm. There's going to be anarchy. Yeah. We also don't want to empower them to a point where they feel like, because once again, it's, it's a job. That has power entails, you know, it, power entailed in it. So um, when people sign up for jobs like that, or like there's people that are crazy that want to sign up for the, the military, you know, yeah. they go to the army because they feel like they're they're going to receive a position of leadership mm-hmm. that empowers them and it, it definitely caters to their ego. Yeah. And that's a huge thing they have to pay attention to. So, yes, that's that's definitely one thing that can happen. And it happens with the police, except you don't want to empower them to a point where they feel like they're invincible. They yeah. have to be regulated and checked and treated like civilians because they are at the same time. And I feel like if you're wearing that badge, yeah. and I know people who wear the badge that consider themselves even more of um, not a risk, but they feel like the penalties should be held harder on anyone who holds the badge. And I, I definitely yeah. agree with that. No, I agree 100% yeah. because, I mean, look, if you are if, if you are giving somebody the power to police, mm-hmm. the power to, you know, even in the military, the power to protect, mm-hmm. you have to hold those guys to a higher standard because, listen, they are they're better than us. They're yeah. trained better than us. They, you know, they're not normal civilians. You yeah. know what I mean? So there has to be a um, higher standard for yeah. those guys, 100%. Yeah. But what you said, I, I think one of the biggest things is a check. You just said it, a check. And I think when there's absolute rule or absolute anything, there always needs to be checks. And mm-hmm. that's why our democracy is so great because we have, you know, checks and balances. And I think that that's such yeah. a key thing. And it makes people have to be political operators, you know, have to get suave and have to move through the House and have to, you know, oh, is this going to pass the House? Is it going to pass the Senate? You know, oh, is it going to get uh, disqualified in the Supreme Court? Those are all checks, but yeah. you need those things because it's a good point. when you have a one-party rule, no matter in what, whether you support it or you don't, it leads to corruption. Mm-hmm. It leads to, um, you know, bigotry. It, it, it leads to just too much power on one side. Yeah. So checks are key. Yeah, one, one example I can remember that is, uh, remember Boss Tweed in New oh, York yeah. when the parties, yeah. the political parties, it was political machines, and they were just getting people jobs. As long as you affiliate with us, we're going to yep. hook you up, and they did. That's it. And New yeah. York was just, it was just uprooted, you know? Yep, Disgusting. It's, it's, listen, <clears throat> you have guys that have been in politics for 40 years. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, look, I'm a big, I'm in big favor of term limits on everything. Term limits on everything. You know, if there's a... Pr- you could be president for eight years. Why should you be able to be governor for X amount of years? Why should you be able to be uh, state senator? It should for apply X to all. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, you got guys in Congress for thirty-five years, forty years that never held another job besides mm-hmm. being a politician. And they're bringing in the cash. Yep, that's right. I think it does come with a standard because they are definitely professionals in what they do. Mm-hmm. But there does tend to um, a laziness yeah, factor, of you know. And they they just it's not complacency, but they're comfortable. Yeah, you know. Definitely. Well, look. You have a guy, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. I disagree with her literally on almost everything she says. 
But what you have to give it credit for is she's going up against Joe Crowley, who uh, is has been there forever. He's a Cold Stone Democrat. Uh, been there forever. He got comfortable. He kept winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez went door to door. She knew everybody in that district. She grassroots campaign to the most. And that's how you unseat somebody like yeah. that. I mean, look, George Washington didn't want, you know, our founding fathers didn't want career politicians. Because yeah. it, it doesn't work out. Because it breeds corruption. It breeds complacency. Yeah. You know, listen, I get to sit in this chair for the, for 40 years. I don't have to do anything. Because mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get voted in anyway. Yeah. And the incumbency rate, especially for senators, is like 90%. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. So, like, Charles Schumer, is that his name? Chuck yeah. Schumer? Chuck yeah. Charles, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's been in there for more than a decade, right? Yeah. Oh, but Maybe several. Yeah. And um, his incumbency rate is like, well, right now it's almost 100%. Yep. And he's, I don't think he's ever had to face certain um, hardships that other people do in states that are, are really trying. And it's, it's so different like yep. that. But uh, one thing I like that you brought up is uh, George Washington, when he hands over the power. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Brian Barnwell's office once, and we were mm-hmm. doing a thing over there with um, helping around the neighborhood and stuff like that. Yep. And he has this giant picture on the wall, and it's when Washington is handing over the papers. Yeah. And I think it was at the Treaty of Paris, or was this... Not uh, his farewell. What do you um, mean he was handing over the papers? When he hands over the document to, I think it was, it might have been um, the U.S. Congress. Okay. I think he handed it over. This is after he beat England, right? Britain. Oh, you, it, it was mm-hmm. probably in, like, maybe the Constitutional Convention? That, that was probably it, yeah. yeah. And he hands over the power, and they, he, he could have been king. Oh, yeah, of course. And then he could have restarted yeah. the exact issue yep. that was happening. So, basically, Great Britain comes, they colonize. Yep. And they have a king, and this uh, this system of what's it called again? Monarchy, um, mercantilism, monarchy. Mercantilism, yeah, yeah, with the mother country, and he could have re- just restarted it. Yeah, and of everything we did, coming up to that point, he could have just ended it. Yeah, he could have wiped the slate clean. Well, but he didn't. That's when you know he didn't even want to be president. First mm-hmm. of all, remember he had that disaster of the Articles of Confederation, and um, he didn't even want to be president. Uh, and then they said like, after his eight years, they were like, "What do you mean you're like?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm done. I think it should be passed on. Yeah, he's like, I'm done. And that's why when people say, oh, who's the best president ever? I think it's George Washington, 100%. Because if you look, listen, he was the first. Yeah. And what he accomplished, what he did was he steered a country in the right direction. He was the first president to leave office after eight years. He was So the he's first, resigning power. Yes, he's, he's giving away power. That's the not, ultimate yeah. sacrifice, yeah. He was the first president, obviously first president, but he was had a presidential cabinet. Secretary of this mm-hmm. department, secretary. That's right. Of this, yeah, he began that. Yeah. and it's not official, right? Those are not written in the mm-hmm. constitution. No, well, n- no, they're not. Yeah, and that's the craziest thing is like, look at the foresight that he had, and it's still applicable today. Exactly. Yeah, that's why what the founding fathers were geniuses mm-hmm. because they're writing in the constitution what they did set president for hundreds of years to come. So this brings up the conversation between original intent of mm-hmm. the constitution, yeah, and uh, the current. Perception. Yes, definitely. So um, you have George Washington who owns slaves, and people are saying that they make that may conflict with his intent on his writing because we know the Constitution and law itself is just loophole after loophole, and part of playing the game definitely. is learning the ins and outs. Yes. Right. And they're saying maybe the way they worded it because um, when they said all men are equal, yeah. By men, they considered only white men, of and that because at the time black men weren't considered even humans, yes. or they were three fifths of a man. Yep. And now it's way different as it should be. Right. Yep. Each man and woman. So now it's just not men and women are created. Uh, it's not just men that are created equal. It's yeah. men and women. Yeah. And it applies to everyone. Yes. And um, how do you differentiate the intent or his background? So for an example, like let's say like R. Kelly, people say you can't enjoy his music mm-hmm. because of what he did. Yeah. But can you separate the two? Do you think you can? Well, I think that uh, on most issues you can. On, on most issues you can. I mean, but listen, it's all about personal preference. Really. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the R. Kelly situation, it's all about personal preference. 
I mean, look, who am I to tell you what kind of music is coming out? Who you can't do? Like, yeah. What he did, and you know, you know, allegedly, you know, is disgusting. And, mm-hmm. You know, no human being should do that. Yeah. I'm not gonna walk around and be in the park and say, "Don't listen to R. Kelly." Listen, that's that's up to you. So you think you can separate the two? I think when it comes to personal preference, yeah. But going back to George Washington, I think that you can't. That's the way the country was then. Like, you know, slavery unfortunately was a huge part of the economy. It was the economy. You know what I mean? It's it's unfortunate. And it's a, it's a terrible thing. Yeah. But, you know, you can't judge them for being slave owners because that's, like, the way life was. You know what I mean? Like, it's unfortunate. You can't judge a, a man for his past sins, especially during that time. So, you know, when people want to tear down statues and all that stuff, it, it, it just, you're deleting history. Look, I get it. You know, the Confederate statues, of course, they lost. They shouldn't, there shouldn't be statues. They lost. Mm-hmm. But, um... You get a guy like Abe Lincoln. Like I believe there was like a couple months ago, people wanted to tear down Abe Lincoln's statue. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Yeah. He, he, it makes absolutely no sense. So those people at the time uh, during that convention, yeah, uh, you have Benjamin Franklin, the yep. grandfather of the Constitution. Yep, he was an enlightened thinker. He disagreed with slavery. Yep. Um, he started off as a bookkeeper, I think it was. Yeah. Or it was like making shoes, something like that. It was in those in those small shops mm-hmm. with his father. Yeah, his father. He had like a, a printing press. I think yeah. it was like a letter, letter kind of thing. And um, he worked his way up, became educated, um, and he eventually he became the ambassador with France, right? Mm-hmm. And then he lived in France for a little, right? Something like that? Uh, I believe that was Thomas Jefferson. It was? Yeah. So, all right, so I do know that his, um, his power as an ambassador was definitely a great influence. Yeah. But um, he agreed, no, he disagreed with slavery completely, mm-hmm. and he advocated against it. Yeah. And there's people saying that, like, um, maybe even though he wasn't president, he might just be one of the most influential people. In America's time. Well, that's the thing, too, is, I mean, look, just because you don't have office, you could be influential. That's the biggest thing, too, you see now is, look at, for example, like Kim Kardashian, uh, how influential she is. I mean, I think she just said the other day, like, she could get paid more to make one post on Instagram than she would uh, working a whole season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Talk about influence. Millions, I mean, yeah. yeah. You see these YouTubers that Or Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye husband, West. Yeah. yeah. You see these YouTubers that just make videos of, like, them eating a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And ASMR. They're getting, and they're getting paid, you know, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. if you want to talk about... And the youth, unfortunately, l- believes them with everything they say. Yeah. You know, these kids, they, they look up to these people, and I'm not... You know, some are great people, I'm sure, but... <laughs> Why don't you look up to your local leaders? Look up to your teachers. Look up mm-hmm. to your firemen. Look up to your police. Look up to... I think especially know, with teachers, yeah. Yeah, I mean... There's some teachers that don't get enough credit. Of course, I definitely. Job. Of course. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I, I'm a little biased because, you know, I want to be a teacher, but, you know, you're molding the youth. You are. You no, know? 100%. You never know who's who's in your classroom. There could be uh, a CEO in your class, a future CEO, mm-hmm. a future business owner, a future local official, a future president. You, you never know. You're yeah. molding these kids... Uh, you know, from from day one, who knows what they're gonna be in twenty yeah. plus years? One thing I don't agree with is that like the bias some teachers show, mm-hmm. and they make it obvious sometimes, oh, and they definitely indicate or they they try to get you to answer a question or a prompt mm-hmm. in the way that they want to. And yes, yeah. you can play the cards right, yeah, and you can answer the way they want you to, yeah, so you get a better grade. Yeah. But for me, I've never been that way. Yeah, I will sacrifice my grade if I have to uphold my opinion yeah. or my views because I feel like it's worth fighting for. Yeah, you know? well, you you see that more in college. Yeah, and that it, it's just ridiculous. I mean. You have professors that don't well, want you to speak out your views. They want you to only say yes. If you do criticize, if you do speak out, if you do criticize them, then your grade, you're getting an F. And it should not be that way. You know, you should be taught the facts. Yeah, as long as you could use the facts. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's, it's relevant. The way that I think of things is like, look, I'm going to present the facts to you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help you understand. 
What you do with them is your opinion. Mm-hmm. More power to you. I'm glad that you're educated enough to develop uh, a thinking process and yeah. that you want to do these. You you want to make a decision on how you want to live your life. Mm-hmm. I I know I did my job. I presented you the facts. I did what I can. Now it's up to you. Yeah. It's almost like you know, you pour somebody a glass of water. Do you want to drink it? Do you want to spill it? That's up to you. I yeah. know that I poured the glass of water. I did enough. Now it's up to you. And mm-hmm. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Definitely. The college is it's. In itself, it's ridiculous. I think giving people the resources to make their own decision is definitely important. And right now, um, I go to Baruch. Mm-hmm. It's a CUNY school. Yep. And um, my English professor is doing an amazing job. Yeah. Because he gives us these these outlets, and we um, we've been going over Brent Staples. Mm-hmm. He's uh, um he writes for the New York Times, and although it might sound biased, um, he writes about like his anecdotes as a black man. So he talks about being in the atmosphere of of New York City and people locking the doors when he's walking down the street in their car. Yeah. Or um, a white woman at night running away from him. Because he's just walking down the same street yeah. and he happens to be 30 feet behind him. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, like, when we use this stuff, we add context to what we're saying. But at the same time, my professor allows me to create a, um, a claim or a thesis yeah. where I'm saying, or one of the ones I took on recently was that as a white man, I'm not victimized in a way, but I've become not necessarily an opponent either, but almost as a, like a threat. Yeah. And, like, I, I've been painted as a different picture than I really am. Yeah. Where most people expect this white guy from it doesn't even matter just because i'm white mm-hmm. first thing they assume you vote for trump yeah trump oh, supporter if you're a republican yeah stuff like that and i'm teaching and I'm not teaching but i'm trying to inform other people that just because i'm white doesn't define a lot about me because yeah. it definitely comes down to character um your upbringing yeah. and even though upbringing may change because like sometimes people go their own route yeah. and your parents influence might be dropped off and they decide to take their own their own road yeah but i definitely think there's there's a difference between being uh, fitting into a category, yeah. especially like the way the media does it, because it's either like right now you're either just white, or um, or you're some other thing, yeah. and it's so polarizing. Yeah, because for me, I really identify with my culture, mm-hmm. and I'm Sicilian, and yeah. my Sicilian views may conflict with politics because it's not, it doesn't stem from that. Yeah, it's really about just respect, discipline, and stuff like that. And I feel like I can apply it. And when I'm thinking in terms of politics, um, it might go both ways. Mm-hmm. So um. In terms of discipline and stuff like that, I yeah. feel like we need police. Oh, and of we need control, and I also believe we need incentive, yep. which might move towards the capitalist side. Yeah. But at the same time, um, one of the things that really surprised me, in the summer I was working at Parks Department as a lifeguard. Okay. And um, the Parks Department, their job was to give away masks for free. Yeah. And I was amazed. And I was like, this is New York. And it's America, yeah. first of all. Nothing's free, yeah. especially. And I was like, you know what? It's really great that they're giving away masks for free because now this is something that actually should be used for taxpayer money. Yeah. To be given out because it's stopping a virus. And I was 100%. like, I'm so used to Americans having to just do it on their own. Or New York, the hustle and bustle. It's all about just grind, get it done, yep. get it done, and keep moving forward. But that's that's a side of democracy or maybe even um, not slightly socialist. But it has um, certain factors that definitely fit yeah, into that area. Course, giving something out for free. It, but it's important <clears throat> and you yeah. need that. And we definitely need more of, of an incentive on the right side yep. to do it yourself. But at the same time, if we can help each other out, giving away masks for free yeah. or... Or um, affirmative action definitely helps. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it encourages people to help out even further, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, look. Everything, the way that I look at things is, let's do things. Let's pass legislation. Let's put things into mm-hmm. law. Let's, that's just common sense. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Forget about left, right, center. Common sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, giving out masks for free. It's like, well, you know, I'm sure people were complaining about, oh, you know, my taxpayer dollars are going to these masks, these stupid masks. And they end up on the floor, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's like, look. It's common sense. There's a virus going around. It's a proven fact that these masks, you know, will at least help you protect yourself and protect mm-hmm. others. So, you know, 
yeah, if the city wants to give them away for free, I mean, it makes sense. That's a good use of taxpayer yeah. dollars. Like, you won't ever hear somebody complaining about, like, oh, my God, the city's wasting money. They're fixing a pothole. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that makes no, that's yeah, exactly. Common, it's common sense. And that's an aspect of the Democratic Republic and where the, um, the bipartisan influence yeah. definitely converges, you know, and you need that. Yeah. Because you can't just have one aspect or the other. And I feel like our system is the best to cultivate change. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a democracy and it's a republic combined. It's a democratic republic. I don't think it belongs anywhere else in the world except for America. Yeah. And I think this is the greatest country that one can live in. Of course. And it has the most potential. Mm-hmm. But I feel like right now we're just attacking ourselves. And instead of looking inwards, we're making change. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, what it's when you hear people say, like, oh, my God, like, you know, uh, we live in a fascist state, you know, all this. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, you know, Trump's like an alt-right leader and all that stuff. It's like you're saying that and you're living. You're able to say that and nothing will happen to you. Mm-hmm. There's countries in the world where if you say that about your country, you disappear. You disappear. Yeah. Never to be heard from again. Mm-hmm. You know, you went to go get, you went to the store and never came back. Yeah. So the fact that you're able to say that, just you're proving yourself wrong yeah. right there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't, uh, you know, such and such, the government's bad. Knock on the door and now you're dead. Yeah. You know, con- there are countries in the world that are like that, yeah. unfortunately. So we're like Putin wins 106 yeah. percent of the populace. Yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah. Well, I mean. So what they do over there is, you have uh, you have elections. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, are they fair? Who knows? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you have a president and then uh, the prime minister, and they switch every eight years. So it's he's doing this this footwork, right? Mm-hmm. He's moving back and forth. That's it. Isn't yeah. that what Hitler did when he signed off as chancellor and then he became? So believe it or not, which is which is crazy to sound, when Hitler first rose to power, it was all done by the book. That's, yeah. that's yeah, the yeah, craziest yeah. part, you know. He got a party. And said, at first, he tried to throw him down, right? Yeah. Take over, and then he went to yep. jail, wrote yep. Mein Kampf, yep. and then he yep. started over, yep. right? That's that's the craziest thing. When you think Hitler, you're like, oh, my God, like, you know, he must have come in and try and, you know, just take Uprising, power. yeah, yeah. No, he was elected, elected, you know. He was, you know, the chancellor. He formed his own he formed his own government, all that stuff, which was, it's just crazy to hear. You know, it's just crazy. It's a little bit of foreshadowing, or maybe it's a little scary, because that just tells you that most people with bad intentions will play their cards right. Of course. And it's a game of chess. And like yeah. you were saying the other day, is you got to play five moves ahead. Yep. And with uh, Biden coming in right now, Kamala Harris, yeah. she's the first female uh, vice president, and she's black. And they said she has Asian descent. I'm not sure where from. Um, I know. I think her mother is a is an Indian lady. And mm. I believe her father is African-American. I could be wrong, though. I haven't, I haven't looked into too much of her. No, I, first of all, I think it's uh, very important, obviously, for our youth, for yeah. young girls. Yeah growing up to see that in power because usually when you think of the president or like you say doctor yeah or you say lawyer what's mm-hmm. the first figure that pops up it's usually a male yeah you say he he yeah. he, he, he. so they're changing the expectation however um politics itself mm-hmm. which i don't trust yeah. especially when you get all the way up to the top because Definitely. both sides i i personally i cannot defend donald trump yeah because i don't know the guy and i know he's involved in a world that's out of my influence a sphere that i've never even delved in and yeah. we're talking about like whether it's the clintons or Biden having connections here or Trump in, in that so, small circle with Epstein. Yep. They're all tied in. Yep. And it's like this little black hole that we know nothing about. Yeah. But it's finally <laughs> getting exposed. Yeah. Um, But uh, there's been talk that Kamala plans on using the 25th. Yeah. To uh, push Biden out. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you look at Biden, I understand he may have um, intent yeah. in the right direction. But when you see cognitive decline and stuff like that, it's, it's alarming. You yeah, know? it is. I mean, look, whether... Whether you, whoever you support in this election, it's almost, you look at this, you look at Joe Biden, you look at this guy, and I, at least me, I, I almost feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe it was I a couple. like he's a puppet? I think so, yeah. I think so. You know, you, you, 
a couple of months ago, he was in an interview and he was just rambling and he put he facepalmed, and the reporter said, "Yo, you have misrepresentation. Would you like to continue?" He says, "I think it's better off if I don't." President of the United States says that can't even get out of sentence. I feel bad for him. It's like, you know, why would you want to? Yo, know, being the president is probably the most stressful job mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, I was gonna say, what, what if it was like anxiety? Yeah, it's like, why would you? You know, why would you do that? I think he's like seventy-eight years old. It's, it's crazy. And what you said with the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Listen, I would not put it past. I would not put it past them. I would not put it past them. That they're going to try to squeeze them out. So for those who don't know, the 25th is when um, the mental capacity or for some Correct. reason they cannot. Well, the the, the president is like mentally unfit to be the, the gotcha. no longer the president. Gotcha. And I mean, if you look at it too, is before um, before the election, Nancy Pelosi uh, put into pl- she wanted, she said that the House of Representatives should be the deciding factor on whether the president is mentally unfit. Unfit. And everybody said, "Oh, look, she's trying to get uh, um, she's trying to get Donald Trump out of office again. They're gonna declare him mentally unfit. He's unhinged. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's a tyrant. Blah 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 blah." But personally, I don't think that was to get Donald Trump out. You think it was planning ahead? I think it was planning ahead, doing your chess piece moves, and possibility leaving waiting the door for them open. Waiting for the trap. Wait, yep, waiting for Joe Biden to get into office. Who knows? Two years down the line. Oh, you know. You think they would do that? We've seen that in politics before, like where they abandon their. Their little yeah, of course. Piece in the front. I know. mean, look, who knows? Uh, who knows? You you can't predict anything nowadays. You really can't. Yeah. You you really can't. I mean, look look at this election. It's no you also matter, can have an opinion though. Yeah. No, you can have an opinion, but you can't predict anything because. Who look at look what's going on right now? This is the time. I mean, as a history teacher, you got to sit back and say, "Holy God!" Like yeah, like how do years. I teach these kids? <laughs> how do I teach this? What do I tell them? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, as is looking from a politics side, it's like, wow, like. The country is so divided. Like our system is just the election system is so crazy. Um, you know why? I, I'm sitting there. Why aren't these people counting faster? You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. everybody was thinking that on election night. You have these states that are calling that are calling the election check mark, check mark, check mark, and then you have like states like you know Pennsylvania and Georgia and Nevada that are literally counting like this. I'm sitting there like, oh my god, like hurry up. What about like the the ballot drop off when it was just a big bag? It's and crazy. They won by that margin exactly. Yeah. You want to explain that? It's nuts. So we live in a time that there's been never been like this before with coronavirus and the election and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you have multiple issues. Like, how do you vote, you know, safely? How do you mm-hmm. vote in a safe manner that you're not going to contract the coronavirus? Yeah. So, I mean, you had long lines at the polls. I mean, because people wanted to get on vote. But also think about it. You've got to be six feet apart from yeah. each other. So it looks longer than it is. Mm-hmm. And you have people that don't feel comfortable going on vote. So you vote, absent, you vote absentee, voted by mail. Yeah. And um, I have a friend that works at the Board of Elections, and he said that there's so much, like, everything in the name of coronavirus, almost anything can go. Got it. It's like ballots that aren't even signed. You know, I can... They're late, too, right? Yeah, late. Let's say I live in an apartment building, and um, I just, I could go pick up ballots for everybody, Mm -hmm. fill them out, and send them in. That shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. You know, it it should not be that way. I heard, I heard about, um, someone was talking about the New York Times, Mm -hmm. and... This this article came out a couple years ago, yeah. And they were talking about how absentee ballots, yeah, are most likely and prob most probable to be altered, yeah, or they have the highest chance of being changed, yeah. Obviously, because there's a third party. Definitely. When you're at the booth and you're pressing whatever you want to press and you're choosing, mm-hmm. it's a lot different than having a middleman deliver it for you. Of course. And there's potential, you know, it's it's Without a doubt. not as authentic, but it doesn't apply now because New York Times, not that they rescinded their statement, but they're not they're not going to enforce it as much because liberal bias exactly because their candidate is, yeah, is approved you know of course it's that goes back to you know things we were talking about before it's just there's no 
free and fair like news station. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, there's nobody that presents the facts and lets you decide. It's all, really can't. It's yeah. really because it's honestly how the way you see it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Two different ideas. No, definitely. You know, it's just it's just crazy. Like honestly, if you really want like. If you, you watch C-SPAN, but that's so boring. You mm-hmm. know, watch watch the House of Representatives, watch Congress, but I mean, you can't do that. It's so boring. But now you got like Fox, CNN, you got all, everybody has an agenda, and it it just sucks because, you know, you can literally have the same issue. Uh, Trump gets a haircut. Let's just say Trump gets a haircut, and you'll have CNN saying like, Trump went to a racist barber. His barber was found, you know, being racist, and then you have his grandma, his grandfather was an ex-Nazi. Yeah, right, and like then that. and then you'll have Fox News that says like. His barber is proven to be the best barber in the whole entire mm-hmm. world. Like or, he's won best barber award. Yeah, it's Trump like, is mingling with the people. He's doing something right. Yeah, it's like yeah. why is this even news? He's getting a haircut. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember during the James Comey um, uh, problem back in Trump's first uh, first year, there was a headline on CNN that said James Comey goes to the barber. I swear to God, and it's just <laughs> like, okay, like is a, yeah. is a news crew following me around when I go get a haircut? No, like it's it's yeah. crazy when there's no news. They just have to create things. Yeah. I think it also circles back to what you were talking about before, like cutting the red bureaucratic tape. Mm-hmm. And everything is so much slower because of the bureaucracy. Oh, and for those who don't know, bureaucracy is just like regulations upon regulations. And just it slows everything down like molasses. 100%. And nothing gets through if you want it to get through. And everyone's stopping each other because they're affiliated with him or yep. her and vice versa. Yep. And I feel like it just stops a lot. But also mingling within your own people, which is why you said door-to-door was so effective. Um, yeah. You said, was her last name Cortez? The lady who, who beat... Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, yes. yes. She beat Joe Crowley, yeah. And Crowley wasn't, he was complacent, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, without a doubt. He's going to win, no problem. And then she won because she figured out that the best way is to communicate, right? Yeah, of course. Face-to-face. You got to cut the red bureaucratic tape yeah. and you got to vocalize. Mean, who would you rather vote for? Somebody, putting po- politics aside, somebody that sits on a chair and never comes to see you, mm-hmm. or somebody that within a matter of months knocked on your door three times and just asked, are you okay? What do you need done in this neighborhood? How can I help? You're obviously going to vote for them. Yeah. I mean, it's a simple question. About ideas. Yeah, it's, it's just some mm-hmm. simple stuff. And going back to the red bureaucratic tape, if you look at government in itself, and it's unfortunate to say, it literally, whenever you give a government a problem to solve, it doesn't solve. I'm a big person on private private uh, mm-hmm. enterprise. There's more incentive. Of course. Like yeah. when, when, the, uh, when the government was handing out the $1,200 stimulus, check, mm-hmm. right? The government did it. The treasury did it. Uh, I was a fan of getting a a private paycheck company like ADP. You know, when you get a paycheck from like ADP, they send out your checks. And I think they could have done it more effectively because dead people were getting checks. Mm-hmm. People, you know, dead people getting it. Some people got two checks. There was tons of checks that the uh, federal government said, yeah, we messed up, but honestly, it's not even worth, you know, going after. You know, billions of dollars were lost, but it's not even worth going after. You know, billions of taxpayer dollars not yeah. even going is after? If you would... If you would have contracted that out to, you know, one of these paycheck companies, they would have got it right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's the government. It's just, it's there's, not good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely work that can be done. Yeah. Um, but moving forward, as you were talking about, like, uh, people working together and you go house to house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do they have any way of projecting how that really helps? Or, like, is there any stats that can prove that that um, helps more? Well, I mean, I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but it, it definitely does. Uh, you know, Many campaigns locally, nationally, look, nationally, you need money. You, mm-hmm. need, you need to fundraise. You need TV commercials. You don't need to be on the radio, all that stuff. But locally, it's just all about, and I've been, I've been working in politics for around like five years now, since I was like, since I was in high school. Nice. And it's all about face. 
face to name. Because if you just say, like, oh, Fred Darrow, it's nobody going to remember. Mm-hmm. But if you see my face, okay, you know, maybe they'll remember. But if you see them again, and you see them again, and they're all over Facebook at the community board meeting. Mm-hmm. They're at Facebook at s- local ceremonies. They're, um, you know, asking the community questions like, hey, guys, uh, what can happen? W- what do you guys need done in your district? Mm-hmm. What do you need done? What What's the main issue on Juniper Park? Oh, the grass needs to be cut? Okay, let me see what I could do. Yeah. You know? That's the whole thing. Is it's all about just face. It's all about name. It's being there. That's yeah. it. That's it. You know, yeah. it's like almost with as, them. It's almost yeah. It's almost like we're on a ship and nobody's driving it right now. Nobody's nobody's steering the ship. Somebody needs to come and steer that ship. Exactly. And yeah. that's what it is. That that's all it is. I think it speaks to like the roots of leadership and like, um, in order to be a leader, you have to move with the pack. Yep. You don't you don't lead like you don't walk in front of them. You walk with them. Yep. One hundred percent. And this is this is a really big difference right now. Don't worry. It's like in politics, like. Or just in general, people mm-hmm. think the leader is the person sitting at the top of the throne yeah. or in a chair calling shots. And like most times, people don't listen to someone who's just, who's blabbing their mouth or just pointing fingers and stuff like that. And I yeah. feel like that's a big issue that we have right now. And one of the biggest things when I was younger, um, my mother loves helping volunteers. So I was always involved in like volunteer work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure how effective or I'm not sure how involved Elizabeth Crowley was at yeah. the time with setting it up. I do know that her name was associated yeah. with um, the process of like, I think this was after Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. We were at Alice Mall. We were at um, Borders over there. Okay. Johnny Rocket sent in food for all the volunteers. Mm-hmm. What we were doing is we were sending packages and uh, we were, it was like canned goods, stuff like that. We're also helping out other communities in certain ways that were affected by Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. And uh, I think Elizabeth Crowley, she, um, she worked it all out. Yeah. And uh, she got it, she got everyone to sign off, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She did her job. Yeah. The thing is, she showed up at the end, the yeah. last second, for a photo op. That's it. And we were all, we, were, we put on all the work. I'm not saying we wanted all the credit. Yep. But we did, like, everyone there, mothers and children, a lot of mothers especially, because yep. I, I assume that they came with their kids, because at that time, school was canceled for, like, mm-hmm. a week. Yeah, I remember. And um, so I was there. My friends were there. Some of their mothers, a bunch, a bunch of families, different friends, mm-hmm. all ages. And I'm talking about, like, from kindergarten through high school were yep. helping out. And she came at the last second for a photo op. Yeah. And she was with us in the picture of leading course, us. But she wasn't helping. Exactly. Yeah. And I felt like, I was like, this isn't a leader. Yeah. Like, and it's not because she's a woman. Yeah. And pe- most people assume, like, if, if I didn't uh, didn't see her as a leader, it's just because she's a woman. Yeah. But in my mind, it's it's some, my mother's a leader, you mm-hmm. know? Of and course. my mother did it with me. Yeah. And I respected that. And, and all the other people inside there that were helping out and, and leading the chaos, because at the time, it was just a frenzy. Yeah. Everyone was everywhere, and they calmed it down. Yeah. They worked it out, and some people stepped up. And um, that shows real leadership. And I feel like if we could uh, mirror that mm-hmm. into local politics and stuff like that, yep. especially in schools, like I feel like Queens Metro didn't have something where um, they did council for unity. It's just being started now. Mm-hmm. I should say, yeah. Um, basically what they do is uh, St. Baldrick's. It's not a real saint, Okay. but I shaved my head last year. Uh-huh. I raised up to like $2,000. It was great. I, I remember shared this. on Facebook. I actually remember this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what they're doing is uh, council for unity is mm-hmm. they're, they're combining uh, communities and they're talking with kids from one neighborhood, mm-hmm. connecting them to another neighborhood. And yeah. even though we live in New York City, you could be a mile away and huge difference. Yeah, different life. Different, someone yeah. that lives in the Bronx compared to someone that lives in Staten Island mm-hmm. may have a completely different life, oh, different course. tastes, different um, aspects of of living. Different you values, know? everything. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like just connecting that through um, leadership in the school and having teachers like that, it's great. And you see, our teachers are also insanely diverse. Yep. You have Jordan Haber. Who's um he lives in Long Island, he's a white male. Yep. He comes from, I think, German heritage or maybe Italian, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then you have um his name is uh forgetting his name right now. Damn. But uh he's he's an African American. He's leading the program. Mm-hmm. He's doing an incredible job. Yeah. And what they do is they have kids from the other side of the school. Metro has three schools. Yeah. It's a middle school and a high school, Queens Metro itself. Yep. And, and there's another district. Yeah. Uh PS one 
one two nine. Yeah, something something like that. Yeah, and uh, the kids in in the last school have special needs, and what they do is they they mingle them. Yep. Because why should a kid with special needs never have to talk to the regular populace? Because 100%. because he has to be catered to. Mm-hmm. So they're mixing them together, and these kids that are working in this class, mm-hmm. they have to do a lot of community work, and outside of school, their homework is to just come up with ideas. Yeah. And new fundraisers, and they they're doing that. That's great. And there's girls in my grade that are um, their one job in that class was to uh organize events yeah and it was on social media in person announcements going to another school going on trips and stuff like that yeah. and working together and i, I thought that was great and that's no, a great idea that should be carried forward. i i didn't I, I knew you shaved your head but i didn't know about the whole council community thing yeah that's that's a fantastic idea that's mm-hmm. great because the whole thing is just getting the youth involved that's the whole thing like i said you know don't indoctrinate anybody don't sway anybody into one thing getting the youth involved that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing uh you know, I remember being in AP US and Haber was my teacher, mm-hmm. one of the best teachers I've ever had, if not yeah. the best. And, uh, you know, that was his big thing is get involved. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell you, you know, me and him would have conversations on the side, you know, me and him, me and him was close. Yeah. Uh, but that was his biggest thing is get involved. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you support. Get involved. It's, yeah. it's better to get involved because, you know, people think it's like, oh, it's corny you say that. But, you know, there are people in countries that don't have the ability to get involved. Mm-hmm. They don't have the ability for free speech. They don't even have the ability to vote. You know, our founding fathers, you know, fought for this right to get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's voting is a is a right, it's a privilege, you know. It it just gets me upset when people just don't even get involved and you know, complain but then don't go to the ballot box. That's true. You know, that's if, true. If you didn't vote, don't complain. That's yeah. the way you change things is by voting. Yeah. That's a good point. And by the way, his name was Kyle. Uh Kyle if you're listening to this I remembered. That was just a brief. I'm talking oh, about the guy, the, the African American guy. Yeah, the guy okay. was in charge of it in Metro. And uh, no, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I think getting involved should be the the title of this podcast, right? Yeah, get involved. Yeah, getting involved. No, definitely. I mean, yeah. no matter what it is. I mean, look, me and Mossmo are having a conversation now. If one person goes out and says, "You know what? I like what they're saying," then maybe I'm gonna vote next time. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Our job's accomplished. Maybe I can get involved or like. Yeah, maybe I can. Maybe oh, let me reach out to such and such office. Maybe there's a you know an advocacy program or maybe there's a community outreach program mm-hmm. that I could you know get involved in. Maybe I'll volunteer at Greenfield Park and yeah. clean up the garbage. You know, exactly. When the trees, lines. when we had that little tornado or whatever happened, the hurricane winds. Yeah. Trees down everywhere. There was Boy Scout troops helping out. There was Girl Scout troops helping out. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. There was churches yeah. working around the community picking up leaves. There was trees. Um, basically, what they were doing is. Uh, the construction or the sanitation would come around, yeah. and they had the shredder, mm-hmm. and they put the trees yeah, the in. Big wood chipper. Exactly, the but it wasn't one. organized for them. So what yeah. people were doing is they were they were breaking up the trees themselves and lining mm-hmm. them up on the curb yep. or at the end of the park. Yep. So that way, once the the people come with the wood chipper, they just pick it up, put it in. Instead yep. of walking through the park dragging it yep. themselves, a small step can make the job a lot easier. And you just said it right there. People did it. Mm-hmm. Not Democrats. Not Republicans. Just people. Not conservatives. Neighborhood not liberals, people. People. Yep. A common sense thing. You can't fight after a tornado. You want to clean up the park. You walk down the street and say, oh, uh, you know, such and such, you want to clean up the park? They're going to say, of course. You know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't matter. You can't that's- rally all your, your Republicans and be like, guys, let's clean as Republicans. Because yeah. what that's doing, it's like almost passive aggressive. Like, mm-hmm. look what our Republicans did. Yeah, of course. And to me, it's no. Like, look what the constituents did. Look at our people. Exactly. Yeah. Our people, you know. It's like when I when I go out with my friends, it's like I don't introduce anybody as oh this is my Republican friend, this is my Democrat. No, friend. never. This is my Italian friend. This is my African American friend. This yeah. is my my Jewish friend. No, these are my friends. Mm-hmm. No matter how exactly. they come, who they are, these are my friends. Yeah. There's no titles on anything. These are my guys, and I'll do anything for them. Exactly. That's the whole. And thing. gals. Yeah, and gals. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I, I don't really go out with a lot of girls. I have a little girlfriend for five gotcha, years. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, I don't really hang out with too many girls. But uh, I know what you're saying. Though. My guys. Yeah. Yeah, like the, when I look at my friends and. Especially hanging out down here. 
I'll have like 13 to like 15. Yeah. And it's the most diverse group. Mm-hmm. Ever, like if you could have grown-ups like in a real life situation like yeah. with Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. the rest of them Chris Rock, yep. that would literally be my friend group except they have one black kid in there. We have like two white kids yep. or like no, nah, I'd say like five or six and the yeah. rest is just mixed. Definitely. And it's so funny you all pick on each other and I feel like part of taking down that barrier of like um polarization mm-hmm. and just being uncomfortable around each other because it's just everyone believes that someone's going to be so racist or they're prejudiced against them. Yeah. I feel like not teasing. Well, yeah, teasing. Yeah. But just being more comfortable around each other and saying how you really feel. Of course. Know? Definitely. Because, listen, you say how you really feel, nobody can say anything because that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As long as you're not in, like, citing violence or hate, yeah. nobody can say anything. And that's the whole big thing is that this whole, like, culture, this whole, like, politically correct and cancel culture is ridiculous. Where, mm-hmm. like, if you say, if you make one misstep or if you say something minutely out of line, it's like you're done. You're done yeah. forever. It's ridiculous. Like, if you, I'm sure in not just my friend group, your, not just your friend group, but all friend groups across the world, if you would go and listen to their conversation, you'll take one thing and you'd be like, wow, this guy's nuts. Yeah. Like, I mean. Like the PS4, like the party chats. You know, oh, so. my God. Like, yeah. that's great. <laughs> I can only imagine what they're doing. There's only certain things you could say behind closed doors. I know what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like. Uh, having an opinion or just mm-hmm. saying something that doesn't align with the status quo is yeah. it's so edgy nowadays of course, but it yeah. shouldn't be no it, sh- it you shouldn't can't ha- i don't i don't think there's such a thing as a wrong opinion yeah. an opinion is personal definitely so you can't have a wrong opinion it's yep. just respect that opinion maybe inform them and as as you could tell like telling someone and just beating them down and trying to change their opinion yep. is going to do the opposite like if you yep. want someone to comply with you uh creating more diversion yeah. or just Creating uh, a sense of just discomfort and distrust is yeah. not going to help. No, I mean, that's the biggest thing is, look, listen, mm-hmm. agree to disagree. Yeah. Say, I understand your opinion. I think I'm correct. You think you're correct. Okay, that's it. Let's move on. That's the whole big thing is, mm-hmm. no, everybody has to be right. And like you said, there is no right or wrong opinion. I mean, stats are, stats are you could, factual things, they could be right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But opinions is, you know, I think this is a nice shirt. You may not think it's a nice shirt. Okay. Well, that's something that you can move on from because it doesn't affect one person. Yeah. But let's say it affects one group entirely. So yeah. let's say like um, with police brutality or systemic racism, yeah. you can't just agree to disagree yeah. at that point. You have to make some kind of move. Well, yeah, that's the thing is that like with something like police brutality, for example, it's like that's the whole thing of co- coming together and finding common ground and common solutions. You know, nobody's going to agree on everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure if you, if you walk down the street, I know I keep using this analogy. And you say, like, do you support police brutality? Everybody's going to say no. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why would you support them? But it's just, there's a, there's levels to everything. There's levels in, you know, you can at least commonly say, like, I don't support police brutality. I don't support bad cops. I don't support cops that use their badge for, you know, excessive force and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So you can take your common ground and you can work off that. Obviously, there's going to be, you know, ends of the spectrums that, that don't agree, you know, like, defund the police and not f- and and you know supporting the police those are never going to agree mm-hmm. but you need to find common ground in every single situation yeah. that's the biggest thing the one thing is like a lot of people especially with social media now is they they speak for other people mm-hmm. and a lot of times you see these white female democrats speaking for the black community yeah and although they might be helping because in order to get your uh, message across yeah. you need people from the other side to show that you're legitimate and that you're credible yeah. so if i make a statement about let's say i have a certain preference or something like that and um or someone from another culture, like we have yeah. the same idea about something. Mm-hmm. Getting someone from the other side to agree, yeah. or like let's say you're playing basketball, yeah. and um, it's me and you one-on-one, yeah. and the ball goes out, and I admit that it's your ball, yeah. there's no fight. Yeah. But if it's you fighting against me, it's my word against yours, Of course. it's not going to hold very well. No, you know? not so basically, like when you have someone to <clears throat> agree, or like, let's say like someone's making a case, and mm-hmm. someone from the other side can come, 
bad. It's also my train of thought. What were we talking about? You were talking about <clears throat> basketball and how the case. And oh yeah, so the white Democrats speaking for black communities. So yep. they went into um, they went into Manhattan, Brooklyn, yep. and I'm pretty sure the Bronx. Yeah. And they were asking the black folk. They were like, um, "Are you a Democrat, yep. or do you hate police? Yeah. Or do you want to defund the police, or do you want to abolish the police? Yeah. And the people were like, "Fuck no. Yeah, of course. I have children that go to school here. They walk to school every day. Um, sometimes they go out at night. They're coming home from basketball practice, or or they have a recital or something like that, or they have late school. They're studying. Yep. I want my child to walk home safe. I want them to back and forth safe. Of you course. know, everything they have to do. I want them to be. I want them to ensure or just be confident yeah. that this neighborhood is looking after them. Yep. So no, I don't support that. Just abolishing because that means someone could take advantage of my daughter. Yeah. And someone could do whatever they want. And nobody will do that. At and home. no repercussions. And there's no help. Yep. And what do you do? Like the same people who say abolish the police. Or who's the first person they call when they get robbed? Yeah, the police. The police. Yeah. Or there's a shooting, or they hear a sound, mm-hmm. something that bothers them. Yeah. Who are they calling? Yeah. The police. A noise complaint. They're calling yeah. the police, but they're 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 saying that they're gonna take care of the entire problem themselves. Well, it's the same people that say abolish the police that walk around with armed security guards. Yeah. All right. Get rid of your security guards. Yeah. Let's see what walk, you're really about, right? Yeah. Walk yeah. around by yourself. Mm-hmm. If you feel that you know abolish the police, they're t- you know they're tyrants, all this stuff. All right, get rid of your armed security guards. Yeah. Walk walk around and, and see if you're okay with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, hopefully they'll be fine. Not trying to incite violence on anybody, but yeah, you know, you can't preach. You have to practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just ridiculous. There's a lot of hypocrisy. Oh my God, from top to bottom, mm-hmm. with literally everything, it, it's, it's crazy. I feel like social media now, although it does hold you accountable, because mm-hmm. you're a lot more conscious of what you're saying. Of course. And it could come back, it bite you in the ass mm-hmm. in 20 years. Yep. There's, there's good and bad to it, and you know, everything in moderation. Yep. But the shitty part about it is that like. You're so constrained. Yeah. And you don't know what opinion to say because in 10 years, an opinion that's relevant right now or a statement that might hold true mm-hmm. in 20 years yeah. will be seen as like, whoa, what the? Where yeah. are you going with this? What's you going know? on? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And I think that that's why utilizing social media and learning it is so important because it's such a good tool. But like you said, it can come bite you back in the ass, mm-hmm. and, you know, in a matter of time and who knows today, a matter of days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the whole big thing is that, you know, as a candidate for something, if you're running for something, you know you have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You have all these uh, things, LinkedIn as well, to get out to speak to the voter mm-hmm. You know when you can't. And you just have to use that tool expertly. You have to use it so well. You have to use it to the T because, God forbid, if you make one misstep, that's it. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. You're done. It's, yeah. it's unfortunate. Social media is it's a risky game because not only is it like taking over our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, do you get that alert on your phone? Yeah. Like six hours today or something like that. What? Oh yeah, yeah. of course. With the the phone alert, yeah. screen time. Yeah. Shit scares me, bro. Uh huh. It's taking over. No, it's it's nuts. And I mean, what's the first thing you know, you wake up to go to the bathroom in the morning at one thirty in the morning? What's the first thing? Oh, let me check Facebook. Yep, Facebook. yep. It's like that's that's the first thing. Like, check your messages, yeah, your alarm. Oh, let me check my notifications. Like you know. You take it to the bowl with you. Yep. Right? You take it everywhere. I mean, yeah. Like you know, if it's for work purposes, I get it. But literally, people cannot go anywhere without their phone. You know what I mean? And yeah. That's and you the can't, thing. You can't remove it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want like a, a flip phone, <laughs> but at the same time, you need to be in touch yeah, socially. And that's, that's the part that Instagram and Facebook and so like not really Snapchat. Yeah. It's more just like personalized. Yeah, it's more personal. But it's, it's other platforms like Instagram and Facebook where yeah. you really see what's going on in the world. But it's also your duty as a civilian mm-hmm. and as a, a cognitive human being yeah. to, to be make a decision, to, to be in touch, but to also differentiate what's realistic, what's biased, what's not. Yep. And um, one of the biggest issues I see is that. It's like people can't differentiate and they they believe what um, the platform wants them to believe. Yeah. And well, they become sheep. That's you know? the big thing is like, who do you turn to? Who do you turn to for news? You know what I mean? Because everybody has an opinion. Mm-hmm. All, you know, your parents, your cousins, your 
aunts, uncles, uh, you know, the news sources, everybody has an opinion. Mm-hmm. All the papers, you know, one of my favorites is the Wall Street Journal. I think it's great. It pr- presents facts from both sides, has op-eds, and it tells you how it is. It doesn't necessarily put its two cents in all the time, but that, and we got things like the New York Times where it's like, you already know what the article's going to be like. You got things like the New York Post where you know what the article's going to be like. You, things like the Washington Post where you already know the liberal slant is ridiculous. So that's the whole thing's like, where do you turn to for news, you know? Um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but a lot of my friends come to me and say, you know, what do you think about this? And I give them to them straight. I say, look, such and such, it could be this way, it could be this way. Mm-hmm. Now it's for you to decide. So it's just like, who do you turn to yeah. for these, for, for news that in a fair, fashioned way? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So I was thinking like, when's the last time one of those articles posted something about Trump that was positive? <laughs> I mean, I mean, in the Wall Street Journal, several wars. Yeah, from happening in, in the Wall Street Journal, they give them credit and they bash him when they need to. Mm-hmm. So I respect that, but I can't think of one thing in the in the New York Post or in the New York Times. The Post is pro Trump. The, the Times is you know against him. I can't think of one any one time them talking or talking about him, and it's unfortunate. It mm-hmm. really is. It really is unfortunate. The thing about facts is that people say the facts don't lie, mm-hmm. but the person collecting the facts, yeah, see the numbers are legitimate. Yeah. But it's the numbers that you choose to use. And the context behind them. Exactly. And and the way that you distribute it. Yeah. It's way different than being received. Mm-hmm. You know? So the numbers don't lie. Yeah. But you can. Well, I mean, you have something going on right now where, in New York City, where with the cops, it's like, well, not with the cops, but the crime stats. Mm-hmm. You know, like, let's say it's called cooking the books. Like, let's say crime is down. Is it really down? Or is they just stopped reporting it? Got it. Are they changing you know, felonies to misdemeanors. You know what I mean? Are they not exactly. doing these things so the numbers can look better? So that's why they're saying that um, the black-on-black crime rate is mm-hmm. so high because yeah. it's heavily reported on. Yeah. And there's a lot more black, not black, police presence in black neighborhoods. Yes. And maybe that's contributing. Well, it definitely is. I think it, it's there's definitely a link between that. Yeah. If you have more people, let's say, like, uh, as a little kid, all I did was fuck around. Mm-hmm. If my mother was with me the entire time, yeah. Maybe those numbers would have been like maybe I would have been a lot more of a troublemaker mm-hmm. per se in like a social atmosphere. Like maybe kids wouldn't have trusted me more yeah. if I got caught yeah. doing all the stupid things I did. Yeah. Or maybe around a certain presence like my mother, maybe I learned how to like calm down and control myself. Yeah. So there you have a difference between like um are they there to control or are they there to just um police. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the the golden question, you know. That's the golden question that, you know, no one will have an answer to in a perfect world. You know, they're there to just serve and protect, but look, yeah. you got these cops that are, you know, cowboys that want to... Cavaliers, you know, right. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, they want to go out and, and solve the world's problems, and, and, you know, I'm sure every veteran cop will tell you that it does not work like yeah, that. Yeah, and when you try to be a hero, yeah, it doesn't work out. It yeah. does not work. There's a movie, uh, Brooklyn's Finest. It's, um... Is it a TV show? No, no, it's a movie. It's really good. It's, it's a good movie. Is that about cops? Yeah, it's about cops in uh, Brooklyn, and uh, three different... It's, it's about a cop that has a family that he's not making enough money, a cop that's about to retire and a cop that's undercover and wants to make detectives. And, um, you know, the veteran cop is, he's about to retire, but the, his commanding officer says like, okay, look, there's a rookie cop. I want him to ride along with you. Mm-hmm. So like, okay. And this guy, like the vet, the rookie cop tries to like save the world, get involved, gets involved in every single situation, gets involved in every, when he sees an argument on the street, he gets involved in it. And the, the veteran cop's like, yo, you need to relax. Mm-hmm. You can't get involved in this stuff because you're going to end up getting hurt. Lo and behold, like in the movie, like twenty minutes later, the guy dies. Wow! Yeah, he got shot. You know, you you got these cops that you know want to be cowboys, but you know most of them, most of them are, are good people. Most mm-hmm. of them, you know, want to serve and protect. You can't judge. Uh, you can't judge all fruit when it's not ripe. 
Yeah. That's what happened. I got you. And there's, I feel like there's a big issue with that. Not especially nowadays because people take it upon themselves to educate the masses or mm-hmm. they, they take it upon themselves to change what's going on. And when you have someone crossing states with firearms and he's, yep. and he's going to a rally yep. with a gun, yeah. is he not increasing the chances or the likeliness that someone's going to get shot? Yeah. Absolutely. Is he aggravating the situation or is he, um, what's the word? Not aggravating, but... Uh, Inciting? Exactly, yeah. Well, yeah. he's increasing the odds. If someone is crossing state lines and especially going to a protest mm-hmm. and they're trying to help, yeah. quote-unquote, yeah. and they have an AR-15 or something mm-hmm. like that, I don't. I honestly don't trust that his intent was just to help. Of course, you know. Well, that, that, that's that's the and whole then people thing. die because of that. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. It's it's it goes back to common sense and love and hate. With like you know, for example, let's just use guns for an example. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take all your guns. Guns shouldn't be even in the country. Or I love my guns. Get your hands off my bazooka. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's hypothetical. And then they have like all their attachments. And they're just showing off. Exactly. What they do. It's yeah. like, hey, what about a middle ground? What about a middle ground? You know, listen. Uh. You're allowed to have guns to protect yourself. You're allowed mm-hmm. to have guns to hunt. It's about the principle, allowed, really. Yeah, you're allowed to have guns to, mm-hmm. you know, protect yourself, to hunt, to do things, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, nobody's saying you need, like, an RPG in your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's ridiculous. You know, you're not going to fight, like, a foreign war from, you know, yeah. Connecticut. <laughs> the issue is that they feel like it's going to come, it's going to recircle again, what we yeah. had with the Revolutionary War, where yeah. the government tries to take away your power. Mm-hmm. And in all, all the times any dictator took over, like Hitler. Yeah. They took away the arms of the people. Of course, that's how it you starts. You have to disarm the people. That's how And that they won't revolt. Yeah. And the, the reason why a lot of Republicans vote against um, the, the gun laws and the gun regulations is because they feel like it's rescinding their power or their say. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a lot of them that don't make a great case for themselves yeah. when they're just posting these guns and all they do is shoot everything yeah. all day. There's gun lovers. And yeah. if they want to love guns and they're just at a range, yeah. have fun. Yeah. You know, It's their life. It's not mine. Yeah. But I think it just stands for more of a principle mm-hmm. that if you take away this symbolic item, yeah. then not not there's going to be chaos, but it's building the steps yeah. to less power Definitely. for the individual. And it's a principle as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you're taking away this, what's next? Exactly. And, yeah. you know, um, there's been a lot of things said, like, Russia would never, in, in, like, invade, you know, the United States. Why? Because too many people own guns. You know, imagine this. Imagine, God forbid, like, a foreign invader comes to the United States with an army, puts boots on the ground, and tries to invade it. You have every city's police department. Every city's police. You have the, the National army. Guard. You have the National Guard. You local have, militia. You have, like, local cops. You have the Bloods, the Crips, like, all these gangs that have guns. You have, you know... You saw that during the riots. Like, people people with guns, mm-hmm. especially in New York, and yeah. they weren't hiding it. Yeah. They were like, if you come to my store, I'm going to protect yeah. my ground. And that's really, like, um... Not, what's the word? It's it's kind of like, just, like, protecting your stuff. Of you course. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Of I'm course. forgetting the word right now. But, but imagine all those forces. Like, imagine everybody in the United States forget it, forgets about their differences. Everybody that owns guns in the United States comes together and, mm-hmm. like, would defend against the foreign invader. It would get creamed. It'd be, it'd be, they yeah. would demolish them. Except they're going to fight with, like, nukes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm just, it'll never happen again. It'll never be another I feel like, like if they ever, war. If they, I feel like war is a cyber war now. Like, remember Russia when they were posting these fake articles and yeah, or they were swaying the masses? Uh, China with Sony. Yeah. Uh, oh, Korea with Sony? Yes, yes, yes. Listen, that's why, like, you know, my, my, my parents, my grandparents would say, oh, you know, we're going to, you know, war is, like, on my mind. Like, yes, but there'll never be another war like World War II. There'll never be another war. Think so? I don't think so. It's no. too high stakes now. I feel like that's it. It's we'd we'd be able to just leverage up to the big guns so quickly yep. that having soldiers is more of like we still need soldiers. Yeah, and I think there's oh, still no, jobs. You, yeah, you definitely need boots yeah, on the ground. Definitely. But um, that's for more of like small operations. Yep. Taking care. But definitely. right now, if you want to uh, occupy an area, yeah, 
it's it's definitely still man. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of war, it's just gonna be like. Well, I think it's like it's like a Mexican standoff. Yeah. You know? it's just holding a gun yeah. at each other. Like, Brickmanship. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like I think somewhere it said I don't know if one of like the prophets said it was Nostradamus or something. Mm-hmm. But, like he said like World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones because World War Three will bring us back to a stone age. You know, and and that and that's so unfortunate. I mean, if you look at like radiation, if you look at like nuclear weapons and mm-hmm. you know nuclear all like nuclear everything, it's so dangerous. Like if you look at Chernobyl, yeah, I was just thinking of that. It's like so crazy. No like, one's been there in a hundred years. If you look at it, it looks like yeah, twenties. Yeah, I'm like holy shit. When is Frank Sinatra coming out? No, <laughs> no, but I mean, you look at this stuff and it's just like, oh my god, like you know, people are burned like from the inside out. And if you're cl- like close enough to like God forbid a nuclear bump, you just evaporate. Like, imagine just turning into dust. Like, so how does that differentiate from uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Okay, so um, that was a, one was a power plant, the other one was a bomb, right? Well, no, no, both were Chernobyl was bo- Chernobyl was a power plant, power plant, nuclear power plant. Got it. Um, and Nagasaki and Hiroshima were bombs. Yes, correct. Yeah, Fat Man and Little Boy. No, li- Fat Boy and Little Man. Fat Fat Man, and Little. Yeah, yeah, you had it right. Yeah. Fat Boy, Little Man. Yeah, that, okay. that's it. Uh, so the things is that now our nuclear weapons are. A hundred times stronger, yeah, because they're hydrogen bombs, they're not atom bombs. Yeah, you know, those bombs were splitting an atom and co- causing reaction. It's like you split it, like let's say you have an atom and you split it and it keeps splitting and splitting and splitting, mm-hmm. and that's what causes the explosion. I think, don't quote me if you know, it's accurate. I'm not a scientist, I'm not a scientist, generally, yeah. But uh, a hydrogen bomb is like a hundred times stronger, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like complete and total destruction. And what people don't think is like, let's say a bomb, god forbid, falls on the middle of the road, okay, boom, like it's a regular bomb. Nothing's, nothing else is going to change. Mm-hmm. A nuclear bomb, it falls. It creates huge impact. But then that radiation is in the air. So it travels with the wind. So now you may have things in New Jersey. You may have things in Connecticut. You may have things in Ohio because the radiation's in the air. It travels with the wind. You know, mm-hmm. Miles away, things are going to be affected. So like, you never know what can happen. You know, When they were testing in Nevada, these nuclear weapons when they first started, you know, all funky shit was happening there, like cows and all that stuff. And people that were working there were talking about experiences, and they're like, I can't, like, some of them have deformities, Mm -hmm. and they talk about it. It's nuts, yeah. Yeah, that's why, listen, you know, I guess now it's a necessary evil to -hmm. have these weapons, but they are truly weapons of mass destruction, because let's say, God forbid, if something happens, you know, in Russia or China, it's like, guys, I'm sorry, but we had a nuclear accident, there's a nuclear weapon, there's there's a nuclear missile coming your way, it's too late to stop. What is the United States going to be like? Ah, shit. Okay, no problem. Like, odds are you're probably going to be like, uh, no, we're going to send something your way. What if it explodes in the atmosphere? Yeah. And they stop it up there, even though it's above us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll be a lot better, but, you know, it'd be a lot better, but. Yeah. Those radioactive zones. How long does it last for like? Thousands of years. Shit. Listen, when we, um, these nuclear cores, we store them in like huge mountains and in every single language, it says like, do not come. Really? Here. Yeah, in Spanish, every single language. So what do you mean? We, we, we like, shelve them in a mountain? Well, yes. bombs? Yes. Wow. So, not the bombs. The, like, nuclear core and nuclear reactor of, like, uh, energy plants. It's because these rods need to be changed, you know, eventually. Or all these places that we tested the, uh, the nuclear bombs in the mountains in, like, Nevada and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, you're not, you can't go there. You know what I mean? Like, because you'll just get fucked up. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely. Look at all like the the shit that happens to people mm-hmm. when they're around it. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's it's really insane. We're eventually gonna come to that. I mean, like Earth is being tired out. It depends what you believe in, though. If you believe in in like, do you have hope? Hope is a big thing. Like, yeah. Do you hope that America or just the world itself can become green again? 
Well, I mean, the turtles in the forest. Look, the whole thing is that like, you know, the country was you know man put the man you know not necessarily ruined the world, but you know put did everything to it because it was mm-hmm. uninhabited, it was untouched. Uh, do I ever think we'll become grim again? No. I mean, look what you know. You need cars. You know, like not everybody's gonna have a hybrid car. Like, let's be honest. You know. Do you think we can move to like we could shift in a way where everyone has one? I don't think so. No. No. I don't think so because. You're always going to have... That's that's the whole thing about rights. You know what I mean? Like, who's the government to tell you what kind of car you have to buy? You know what I mean? Like, who's the government to tell you that you have to buy a Tesla or Do you think that's Prius? a mandate where... All right, yes, for expense reasons, I understand. Yeah. But when it comes down to preference and interfering with the atmosphere and mm-hmm. stuff like that, do you think that's a mandate that they should allow? So let's say, like, um, they figure out there's more statistics that conclude that um, gas cars yeah. are way worse for the environment, which yeah. we know, than a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Can they mandate that? Do you think they should mandate that? No, no. No? Because, I mean, think about it this way, too. Uh, I seen a, a meme the other day. It was um, a solar... It was a sol- It was um, one of those wind turbine things. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen them. And uh, they were covered in, like, dirt and dust. So what they have to do, they had to go in a helicopter and clean it. How's the helicopter being powered? Gas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it all comes back to you're going to be using something, like the electricity. Yeah. The electricity you use to charge the car, the electric plant, like... You know, eventually the electric plant is going to be powered by some way that's going to hurt the environment. You can't entirely, you know, go green. You yeah, there's no, there's no perfect answer. Yeah, yeah, there really isn't. There really isn't. It's really hard mingling in that, that little space, the area in between, mm-hmm. the gray area. Yeah. Because you don't know what to do. That's the whole thing, too, is because, like, nobody's, like, you know, I know I'm not a scientist, so I can't give you the specific facts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you see the exhaust of cars, you, you know, the big smoke plumes coming from the factories. You know it, it can't be good for the can't be good but nobody knows like how bad it is you know what I mean? mm-hmm. like, no you can't come up with a definitive answer and half yeah. the scientists you know half the scientists are probably you know 100 percent for climate change and all that stuff and, and the environment and half the, are, are probably on the payroll of some, like the Koch brothers or something and they say oh climate change doesn't exist you know blah 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 blah. yeah do you agree with that because trump seems to deny climate change in yeah. every aspect or yeah. every, every sense of the word yeah i definitely see like especially i'm taking ecology right now and i see that the climate change is way different than let's say 30 years ago the yeah. projection of of how the forests are responding were mm-hmm. um whether it's like so that we had this one thing i forgot what it's called um but basically like you study the butterfly yeah and then you study the pollination of the flowers mm-hmm. and there's a word for when they're in sync yeah and right now they're completely off and yeah. it's destroying ecosystems and the the food webs yeah are all out of whack yeah. and you see the polar bears and the ice melting of and course, the caps yeah, and all that definitely. Shit. and then we have a president who just denies its existence and i yeah. understand some people may have an agenda yeah. to um, to push the the natural narrative, mm-hmm. right? And that we need to go fully green, mm-hmm. but then just deny it completely. I think it's just nonsense. Yeah, you know? no, definitely. Well, when it comes to climate change, I mean, there's no denying it that the climate is changing. Mm-hmm. You know that climate change is is a statement in itself. Climate change, like the climate is changing. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hot at weird times. It's warm at we- it's it's cool at weird times. You know, climate change is a thing. Why is it changing? Climate change is a statement. Why is it changing? That's to be debated. Yeah. So, I mean, look, like I said, this exhaust from the cars, you know, the big smoke plumes from factories and stuff, you know, that's common sense. It can't be good for the environment. Like, the mm-hmm. environment's not like, oh, yes, I love the smoke. You know, I yeah. love burning up the ozone. It can't be. But that's the whole thing is, like, you know, where does it stop? When when does it get enough is enough? That's yeah. the whole thing. I, I mean, I can't say. I don't know. I just think educating people and making them more aware of their mm-hmm. impact. Yeah, definitely. Like, 
I don't believe there's an illegal human being. Yeah. I understand that, like, you have, we occupy this area that we now call America. Yeah. But the natives, they had, the, I think they had it 100% correct. It yeah. was green light. Yeah. And it's our land. This is your land. Yeah. It's not, it's not my land. No. You know, it's ours. Yep. And the earth provides, and you should be thankful. Yeah. And the, the resources they use, I love the minimalist idea. Yeah. When you use everything you can, mm-hmm. and you don't have, you don't need more. Yeah. Like, most people, like, when they get an inch, it, they want nine. Yeah, of course. You know? Well, and, Listen, I tell you one thing about when it comes to climate change, I hate the plastic ba- uh, plastic bag ban. That's why, because like, I just I feel like they're manufacturing more paper now. Is that like with the paper straws? I Do you hate think that was that counterintuitive. Too. I mean, even like from like a let's say just leave climate change out of it. Like by the time you're done with your soda or whatever you're drinking, the straw is all crumpled up mm-hmm. and it's all messed up. And the same thing with like the the plastic bags. Like, what happens if you have a lot of like a lot of goods? The bag's gonna like a, a paper bag is gonna break. Reusable bags. What I use yeah, for Costco. Those are true. I yeah. have one bag that I use mm-hmm. ten trips from the car. Yeah. And I do one trip. Yeah. I, I never I'm do. a one tripper too. Oh hell yeah. I, I can't stand around that. my neck? Yeah. Oh, bro, everything. Like literally just like, <laughs> like it, I I cannot stand yeah. the multiple trips. And I was like, Mask, you're fine. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm like barely making mm-hmm. it up the steps. I used to have when, when the plastic bands were I used to have like marks on oh, hell my, yeah. my forearm from carrying all these bags. Yep. And I was like, just put it down, make it. There's like trip. four different spots. Like yep. the elbow crease, mm-hmm. uh the forearm, yep. the wrist, and the hand. Yeah. And that's I'm how like, you maximize yeah, it. Like, yeah. Absolutely not. There's mm-hmm. nothing more embarrassing and like just annoying than going out for It's diminishing trip. to your pride mm-hmm. to have to do two trips, yeah, you know? Definitely. So I'll close the door with my nose. Like, <laughs> yeah, with your foot, whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I did the other day. I sat on someone's hood and I mm-hmm. closed it with my foot. Yeah. And my dad was like, you could have just put the bag down mm-hmm. and like, settled it. it. I hate it. Oh my God, I hate the nickel trippers. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a, that's a great solution. I carry that in my car wherever. Yeah. Um, A lot of them have this like this little fridge kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like a it's like a lunchbox. Yeah, you know, it looks like tinfoil inside. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. There's several different types of that. We have the regular bag with yeah. just um, like an Ikea bag. Yeah. And I mean, it does everything. Yeah. No, that, I, I understand the reusable bags, but I just think the plastic is so much easier. Just mm-hmm. so much easier. But the thing with plastic is is that it never disintegrates or anything. Or like, aren't some of them like a million years? Yeah. They say? They, you can bury a, a Coke bottle in the ground and it'll be there in, you know, 500 years. It never, because it's, it's, it's a man-made product. It, yeah. it won't disintegrate. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. That's why people say it's terrible. And plus... Half the time, it ends up in the ocean in, like, an animal's mouth or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Scary, yeah. Watching that happen, because for me, I love nature. Yeah. Like, going camping is my shit. Mm-hmm. I love just observing. I could watch Nat Geo Wild. Yeah. Sometimes, I'll just have it on silent, and I'll do homework. Mm-hmm. I don't catch myself just sitting here. I'll watch polar bears and yeah. penguins interact. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just watch seals, or I'll, I'll watch an orangutan eat berries. Yeah. And just, like, spit them out. Mm-hmm. Like, something boring as hell. It's just so interesting. Yeah. You feel for them, and they say that uh, animals don't have this emotional capacity. Uh, they I think it's do. bullshit. Like yeah. you, you watch an elephant uh, kill itself, yeah. essentially, because yeah. it refuses to eat mm-hmm. because it lost its mother. Yeah. And especially when it has to do with poaching, that fucking hurts, bro. Yeah. Just to watch, or you watch a rhino without a horn, yeah. and it's on the floor and it's just dying, and Definitely. You, you know it's not gonna survive. Yeah, it's so sad. Like yeah. poaching is just it's senseless. There's yeah. no there's no emotion in the people who do that. I agree 100. percent I mean, like, look. I get it. Like if, like, let's say if you shoot a deer, you're mm-hmm. gonna eat the meat. Okay, I understand. I mean, you need to eat, right? Like, you yeah. know, maybe unfortunately you're not uh, able to go food shopping and you need to kill your food to eat it. I mean, that's the only. In way some you're cases, eat. yeah. In yeah. some cases, but like, yeah, with the whole like killing just to kill, like trophy hunting and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I don't agree with that. I'm not a biggest fan. I'm not yeah. a big fan of that. Yeah, the one thing I heard though, um, Joe Rogan was talking about is like, I know someone. I'd love to have him talk. That's such a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um. What he did is he worked with uh, these national. It was basically they're regulating um, uh, these these species. 
So let's say he was in Africa, yeah. heli hunting. Mm-hmm. Heli hunting is when you're in a helicopter with a sniper. Yeah. And he's taking out a hippo or he's taking out a giraffe. That's or insane. He's taking out, but only reason why they would do this thing is because there's an older male breed mm-hmm. that's killing the young. Yeah. Okay. And it's affecting that. the future population. So there's yeah. this one giraffe that was rabid mm-hmm. and it was killing a lot of the young. And the thing about giraffes, when they get older, it's really cool and it doesn't happen often. They turn black. Really? I didn't even know that. So, like, you know how right now they have, like, a brown and white in between? Yeah. The white stays, but the brown patches become, like, black. Oh, that's awesome. And, like, in between, there's, like, some red. Wow. Dude, they look baller. That's So, basically, but it's, like, unfortunate he had to kill it. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that, um, like, when they when they do these things, it's, it's very hard. Yeah. And um, it's not ethical sometimes because mm-hmm. you have to let nature regulate itself. Yeah. Part of the lion so pride the is. Fittest. Exactly. The lion pride, like, as soon as a lion takes over or it claims a new pride, it kills all the young of the last. Yeah. The last alpha that was there because yeah. now they're in power yeah and i'm setting the precedent definitely by letting my offspring take over and yeah. hopefully that's how um they continue to to do exactly what the father did you know? yeah and um but there's there's a difference between interfering with nature and trying to ensure mm-hmm. but also like every time we add ourselves into the situation there's almost always going to be a negative yeah well of negative. course human interference sucks <laughs> no matter yeah. what we get involved in i mean it may be better for us but somebody else yeah we fuck everything up price Exactly. That's the whole thing. It's kind of selfish, though, but what that guy does is great. And, um, I know, I just think it's interesting. No, definitely. Yeah. I never even heard of that. Hell yeah. hunting. He was telling me that they were in the caravan, and one of the guys that went outside, like one of their national, I don't know if he was like a, a geographer or something like that, mm-hmm. but they went outside and he left the RV. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, he's like a mile away, and his, his intestines, just this square below the ribs, gone. Wow. Gone. And one thing they do over there is when a lions get the taste of human meat. Yeah. They're going to keep coming back. Oh, I could imagine. It's like bears. Mm-hmm. But sometimes bears are just curious, very yeah. curious. The same yeah. with lions. Yeah. And once they taste the human beat, they're going to keep going. So they attack villages and lions yeah. are taking out kids yeah. and shit like that. So what they had to do is they had to take down this lion. And the guy left and the lion and was waiting for him. Yeah. Dragged him away. Intestines are gone. It was, it was like a surgical yeah. cut. This is the way he described it. He said it was like surgical. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought that was a cool story. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, he has to kill a lion. Yeah, definitely. And I know people who hunt. At the same time, um, when they do hunt, they don't keep the body, mm-hmm. or when they, or if they do, they hang it on the wall. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'm iffy about that. I, th- I think it's like maybe aesthetically pleasing because you get to look at it. Yeah. But for me, if the person hunting is going to kill that animal, I think they should definitely use each part of it. And for one, I love raw meat. Like if I could become carnivore, just completely meat, mm-hmm. I would. But obviously, yeah. it's nonsensical. I know. Um, yeah, there's nothing better than a good steak. Yeah, exactly. Oh my exactly. god. Like red elk meat has oh. natural testosterone. I never had elk. I never had elk. I haven't either, but apparently it has, like, higher testosterone levels really? because the animal itself is producing, like, hmm. levels higher. Sorry, now. I know, yeah. I test up. <laughs> I just think it's cool because um, when you appreciate a meal yeah. and you really work through every step of the process, yeah. you enjoy it that much more. You thank the animal. Oh, of course. If I'm going to kill an animal, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be way more appreciative because it's a life that was lost. Yeah. But also going fully vegan yeah. is not oh, optimal. Oh, my God. It's not op- In terms of nutrition, I mean, like, I have some trouble right now. But, I mean, like, I'm not the perfect health expert or yeah. guru, and I'm definitely not following uh, all the regimen I should because I cheat on my meals yeah. and like that. But I feel like um, going fully vegan, they replace a lot of the nutrients you need with yeah. a lot of shit. And a lot yeah. of times they have this mass agriculture mm-hmm. where, like, with, like we're going to go fully agricultural. That's terrible for the yeah. environment. No, definitely. Of I heard about that. Yeah, and a lot of times, like, when you're eating these grains, there's, like, rabbit and there's mice, and there's, there's field, there's cat, and Definitely. everything grinded up because these machines, they just rumble, yeah. rumble, and they yeah. destroy the ecosystem because the, the dirt is being reused, and it's no longer rich. Mm-hmm. And it's recycled old dirt. It's dry. Yep. There's, there's no volume to it. Yep. It's not, there's no water. 
disgusting. Well, that's the, I mean, listen, I'm no farmer, but that's the thing they say is that if you're going to run a successful farm, it's like every four or five years, you have to change the crop that you, uh, mm-hmm. that you grow because each crop obviously has a different effect on the dirt. So like, let's say you're like, I don't know, like producing like corn or something. Mm-hmm. And then like five years from later, you should try to like do carrots because it like, it I don't know. That. Yeah. It affects the, it affects the dirt in a different way. So like it'll there'll be different nutrients that the corn would need than the carrots, so that's the whole thing with like the crop like rotation. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Oh, the crop rotation. All right. So I, when I was thinking about that, because um I've used that term before in school, mm-hmm. but the crop rotation I was thinking about is like uh, not the Mayans, but yeah. early agriculture in America, like colon like the yeah, colonization and stuff like that. Yeah, they were talking about basically like you just have to move around mm-hmm. the patch and stuff like that. Yeah. But now I realize that so you can actually switch. Yeah. Wow, yeah, and definitely. it helps. It helps with the soil. It reacts well. Yeah, that that's whole thing. Have they proven this? Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, look, like I said, I'm no farmer, but that's from what I understand is that, you know, if you continuously grow one thing in the same spot the whole entire time, mm-hmm. the soil is gonna give out. You know yeah. what I mean, like it's like if you wear a pair of sweatpants just for years and years, obviously the elastic is gonna wear out. So just picture that as the dirt. But if you change, yeah. you know, if you change, you know, carrots may need, you know, something else from the dirt. Than corn would need, you know, than cor- from a cornfield. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a bad example because carrots are different than corn. But I uh, know I get what you're saying. Yeah, though. but if you switch it up, from what I understand, it, it, it's maintenance. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, replacing. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that applies to all walks of life. You know? Yeah, definitely. Got to maintain. Everything you gotta, in moderation is good. You got to regroup. Exactly. Yeah. Reassess. And yeah, change definitely. it out. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's a good point. Uh, did you wanna wanna end here? Yeah, sure. Definitely. All right. Thank you for coming along, Fred. Of course, guys. Fred Darowich, live yeah, in the flesh. Yes, definitely. Thank you for coming along, brother. Of course. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. That was awesome. And we recorded 45 minutes. Yeah, was it long? I think we were both long on that. I don't even know. Uh, it's 12. It's literally 12 o'clock right now.